And I see Hades, uh, Hades Death God showing up and Sir Dar winning here. And we'll, I guess we'll field uh, Hades' question here before we, we do the intro. Um, you'll be the cold open, Hades. How, how about that? <laughs> um, what's your guys' takes or tastes on Warhammer Plus? Uh, let's start with Dave, because Dave hasn't talked yet. Do you have a... All right, so I love the fact that they are trying to bundle things, right? I mean, I hate that everything is going to another streaming platform, so I can have one more thing up there, right? I like that they're trying to bundle it, but I'm super conflicted because I have all of my books in Azir, and I'm worried that they're just going to be like, yeah, okay, man, you have your books. That was cool. We're going to let you have them for like a month, and then I'm just going to go into my phone one day. It's just going to be gone. I'm going to be like, Oh crap! I wonder if that's a, that's a realistic expectation. Like I, I haven't really gauged it yet. I've been getting slammed. Your audio was pristine, and then it just now it got crummy. Like when you started. Oh talking. no! Yeah. See. It, better? Yeah, it might be where you're at located to your mic. I don't know if you shifted. Uh, uh, no, they're just my ear my AirPods. So interesting. Hmm. Weird. Weird. I mean, you sound very tinny, is all. So, um, oh, I can I can drop and call back if you want. I don't know if or I, I can switch to I can switch to regular head. See, when you turn that way, you sounded better. When I turn this way. Yep. Yeah. Hold great. on, let me turn that off. Is that better? Yes. Okay, it was a fan. Never mind. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, so they said they are going to keep the other app, just never going to update it again. Is that what they right, said? Right, but they didn't. Yeah, but they didn't say for how long. And they also said, "Well, let's you keep your old nostalgic books, right?" But they're not nostalgic books right now. They're current books, yeah. Right, and like I don't know. I'm just wary because I like I know when I switched from an Android to an Apple, and I had like several battle tomes, and I reached out to them when I got my redownload my Azir app, and I couldn't get any of my old battle tomes. I was like, "Hey guys, I switched operating systems. It's me. We verified it's me." Can I get these? And they're like, nope. It's like, wait, what? Huh. And they're like, yeah, no, nope, nope. You can't, can't. You just have to rebuy them. And I was like, well, well, well. While we're on the subject, I think this exposes a. I mean, why do I curmudgeonly still collect, you know, physical books? And well, I still buy. I know it makes me a monster. I still buy <laughs> video game discs. But why do I have my little, you know, physical books here? I've always in this one respect, been a bit of a curmudgeon. And that's, when it comes to digital stuff, you don't really own it. You're borrowing it. As soon as the digital platform that you you retrieve it from is unsupported, or, like, if the business goes under, it's just gone. You know, like, it just vanishes like the original takes of, 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 uh, Star, uh, of Star Wars. It's just somewhere in, you know, like, technically you have it. Like, I started... I got burned by this once early on in, like, the digital switchover sort of with, like, music, where I started, like, buying stuff. And, like, when my, when I didn't use an iPod anymore, all the music I bought was gone. And I'm like, I'm never doing that again. I'm just going to buy physical CDs and rip them. And there is a convenience thing. Digital is convenient. But as we move into, like, more streamed content, where you're not even downloading something, you know, where the onus would be on you to, like, back up your hard drive... As you move to, like, more more streaming platforms, like, this stuff just kind of exists and then vanishes. Like, I think about all the TVs on, on Netflix that – or all the TV shows on Netflix that don't stick around, don't get renewed. Like, they exist for that season, 
and then they're just gone, just into smoke. Like it's it's, I mean, it's part of the sort of ailment of our age. I think is is that balance between the convenience of digital, and the sort of impermanence of everything. You know, ironically enough, these servers cost like tons and tons of money and like energy to like maintain all these servers for all this digital stuff. So it's like it's not like they're not physically impacting the earth. But like you personally, don't have the thing. I I, uh, I like I said I I buy video games and everyone's like I could just buy it on Steam and have it ahead. and there are Steam games I do okay I buy all my indie like indie games on Steam and stuff like that but a lot of that's more about supporting the artist the video like my video game collection though I buy physical discs still, um, you know for PlayStation all my consoles um and everyone's like you nerd like. I get to, like, download it at 11 p.m. Eastern time while you have to go wait in a line and hope they do a midnight release. And by the way, they don't do midnight releases anymore, so you have to wait until the <laughs> next day, right? Bad times. Right? Like, those are... The the the, the midnight releases are gone, too. That, that's those were the raves of my era, right? They... There were no drugs. You just stayed up until you were way over-exhausted with a bunch of other dorks that wanted to see exactly what you wanted to see. Yeah. It was a flash mob of dorks. Yeah. Before flash mobs, there was midnight sales. Right. And those were the best things ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the, the, the cultural... Like, the sort of single-serving friends you'd meet and the, the sort of cultural, just yep. pure joy of that moment and then you'd physically have the disc and then you'd go home and like and then like depending on what era you're talking uh you'd wait for freaking install for just hours but uh yep <laughs> like... i remember uh waiting in line to see star wars episode one to get the good seats mm-hmm. right for three days on state street with inflatable Darth Maul chairs, right? So you could be the people that got on the news for being the people that waited in line for three days, right? <laughs> I think it's such like a, a relic of the past, unless you want an iPhone. Then it's still cool, and the cool kids still do it. But, you know, even now, I was saw for the PS5 or whatever, you know, it's like, oh, well, you got to stay in your car, and you can't come to the store, and we'll bring it out to you, right? Like, even, like, the technology thing is definitely becoming a thing of the past, even for hardware. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't need to wait midnight wait for anything. I pre-ordered it on Amazon, and then it shows up on my doorstep sometimes early, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like I don't know if it's illegal because somewhere in the world, like, it's a lot. I don't know, but like sometimes you get, you know, sometimes you get the mail early, right? Like, mm-hmm. so there, there has been many cases that I've had escalations for where uh, things might have been shipped out before they were allowed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, oh crap! <laughs> so, so it's that Bob uh, guy again. <laughs> so, but but I mean, gosh, I kind of want to like just talk about this for a little bit. But but to circle back to Hades's question, um, how do you feel, Paul, about the about Warhammer Plus? So I like you like physical things. So I buy all the physical things. I have no. Uh, digital battle tomes. I have no digital copies of anything. Um, so all I had was a subscription to Azir. And so I was paying 99 cents a month for, I understand, not the, the best product uh, as far as function. It was fine um, for a while. Like it, it, was, yeah. it was fine for a while. And then they just kind of stopped supporting it. Conceivably, yeah. it'll work on Warhammer Plus, right? Yeah. So, or, you know, the, the 40K app or whatever. You know, there's, yeah, whatever happened. So, um, but at the end of the day, um, for me, my hobby is far more about models than anything else. Mm-hmm. 
right? And so having animated content uh, that supports the lore and the background for me is like, that sounds awesome. Um, if you're going to bundle in being able to see Warhammer White Dwarf, well, I've had a subscription to that for years, so I'm going to be a definite buy-in for that, even though it's a digital copy, right? All right, if it's included, well, then maybe I won't have those sitting around and I'll actually read them, you know, stuff like that. So <laughs> to me, it, it doesn't really bother me either way. Six bucks is not going to make or break my, my bank. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so... I'm excited for the animated content, especially the AOS stuff that I know is coming for sure. So right on. Well, I mean that's that's my hope is that AOS is is well supported on it. Like I know yeah. that Warhammer 40k is the flagship. I'm not one of uh -huh. those people who has like a like a like a, a, a little sibling complex over it all. Like I yeah. like I get it. Like they're they're the flagship. Honestly, let mm -hmm. them be because the flagship yep. has to get the big mass appeal audience thing. And I like having my my little you know, off in the corner fun thing where like I invite mm -hmm. all my friends and, you know, try to include as many people as possible. But then we're just like, you know, just hanging out here in the corner. We don't need to worry about that. What mass marketing ends up doing to, you know, the thing you love, right? Like, yep. you know, they're, they're, they have, we have to... the cooler models, right? Yes, we do. Well, because space Marines have to look like space Marines at the end of the day, right? They must look like space Marines, you know, like, like all those things, they're so because they have that massive fan base that they must appease for that. Whereas with AOS, they're like, oh, here's like the new wacky ass orcs, and people are like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for Cruel Boys. Yeah, it's just like, but like doing that in 40k, you know, where they they have the little like pig dudes, you know, and that was like even that was a stretch for a bunch of people, like the long squigs, right? It's like, oh, mm -hmm. no, we've never had squigs like that before. Oh, where did they grow those from? Yeah. They must have been in some far-flung corner of the universe that hasn't been mapped out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they had, and there was just all this. So, <laughs> so like, but so, so yeah, like there's, there's, you know, I, I hope that there's a, a good balance of Age of Sigmar stuff because if I'm like, if I end up buying in on this thing and then I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's eighty percent forty k like. You know, I, I buy my physical books and the digital mm -hmm. copies, you know, like, you know, they're, you know, I, I, I will literally scan pages of my book for my binder and I don't know, like, I think on one hand it's, it's cheap enough to where like, why not? And they give you a model. So if you think about it as like just paying $110 for a mega boss or whatever, <laughs> But it's only supposed to be sixty dollars a or month, six, right? Si sixty dollars a year. Sixty a year, yeah. Okay, so it's, yeah. you're paying sixty bucks for your mega boss. If you yeah. think about it as paying sixty dollars for a mega boss, and then just happening mm -hmm. to get the stream service, yeah. You know, I mean, I did that for Warhammer Online. I paid thirty bucks for Warhammer Online because I wanted the miniature. Just happened to get a video game with it. Yeah. Never played it, but you know, yeah, I wanted the miniature. Yeah, I mean, I did... I'm honest. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm honestly hoping that they do the thing that they were doing in 40k, where when you buy the physical copy, you got the, like the QR code for the download, yes. and then it imports in. Like if they do that, I will dive headfirst into this. I'll buy you a damn, you know, Warhammer Plus subscription. Like I'll be so jazzed about it. Yeah. No. I mean, if we live in the future with that, like the thing that, like I I pre-ordered my Cubicle Seven Soulbound, you know, mm. book, 
so that I could autograph my own copy with my name inside of it. Um, you got to autograph <laughs> mine too, by the way. I think you're in it as well, Paul, aren't you? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll just there. like autograph each other's books. Um, what <laughs> <laughs> uh, I but what I what I, I pre-ordered my like my Soulbound book. I was allowed to download the PDF that day. And I got seven mm-hmm. download codes, basically. So I can download seven. It downloaded seven times before it becomes an issue, and I'm talking to somebody on the phone. And then I have the added bonus of, like, receiving my physical thing because, as established, I'm a curmudgeon who wants my physical thing. So, like, that is the way it should be when you're talking about, like, you know, this. And, you know, people who buy pure digital, give it to them at a, at a discount, right? Like, you get it cheaper. It's, they didn't print anything. But to have that, like, I can buy my hard copy and get the digital copy... It, it just feels, it, it just feels right. Oh, it's, it's 90, fr- oh, Horizon's lackey. It's 99 downloads now for, uh, for Cubicle 7. Mwah! Like, wonderful. Good. Such a good company. <laughs> oh, what, just oh, imagine but, being the person who's like, I want to download it a hundred times. Oh, I got to call and talk to somebody. Why in the world would you need to download it a hundred times? Well, it's it's like, well, seven was already like just an arbitrary large value, you know? Like, I'm like, yep. and, and they're just like, screw it, 99. Well, because they know what this is, right? Like, they know exactly what it is. The, the, the challenge with digital technology is you got to get convenience. We're paying for the convenience of digital. But you have to make the convenience match the price in a way that I won't just take it for free off the internet anyway. Right. Like I want to give you money company that I like, but like when, like when you pee on my face, like, and tell me to pay for it, I'm like, no, I'm not into this. Like not, no kink shame. Some people are into that, but like, I am not GW. Like I think about Bethesda, right? Bethesda, Bent over backwards to day zero, or to to uh, put all the DRM as possible in uh, Skyrim, I believe it was. Just the worst, most egregious DRM we'd ever seen to where the people who physically bought copies of the game could not run it because the DRM was so freaking restrictive, right? Um, and I... Uh, this is going to be a cold open, so maybe people skip this, but I on purpose pirated it day zero to prove that it could be done. I was so angry at the DRM. I'm like, I'm like, as long as something can be read, it can be pirated. Like, so, like, I pirated it day zero and was playing it before Steam was allowed to play it to show that your DRM is pointless. And the, the like, if you wanted my money, you should have allowed me to give you the money so that I can play and have the thing. Because that's all I really want to do. Like, I just, that indignant... I got where I'm like, you're hurting paying customers, and so now I need to prove something, right? And yeah, I know like every pirate on the internet says that they're like being righteous about something, but Skyrim, d- Bethesda had it freaking coming. <laughs> like, d- 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 this doesn't feel like a cold open. This feels like a pretty hot take open. I'm just Is gonna it, say, yeah, yeah, the hot open. <laughs> So slightly spicy open. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I see checking's already popping off. We're already asking questions. Uh, Frank on the rocks dropping. 21-year uh, resub. So with the Twitch Prime. Twitch Prime is free, everybody. You support me for free. You just have to also support the evil empire to do so. So it's all right. You know, win-win, really. Um, I am, of course. I can, I can course... switch my hat. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Nice. 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 I am, of course, 
your loquacious lich king. I am the the uh, most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar, the magical Mister Mephisto. Tonight I am joined by two guests. We're gonna. I think we might talk about AOS 3.0. <laughs> I think we're gonna, we're gonna try to. Maybe uh, we've got right off of the right off the chat gang bench. We've got uh, the artist formerly known as G Dead uh, slash Dave. How's it going, Dave? How are we doing tonight? And uh, I and a man with no name, Paul from the Mortal Realms, <laughs> Zap Brannigan. <laughs> well, hello from the the best lore podcast in not just the state but I would say the world. So Well, thank you sir. I appreciate it. So. We appreciate it, I should say. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, we're going to we're going to try to talk about uh some AOS 3.0, but let's go ahead and finish off with like the the hot goss here with the Warhammer Plus. Uh, I'm going to catch it ba- back up on chat and you guys can uh... So I think the the bottom of the the bottom of the line is it's not that much money. So to me, uh, I don't enjoy getting in internet rage contests um, because I I have four kids. I spend my time uh, not intentionally getting into internet rage contests with my kids uh, where there is no paywall and there is no digital divide between me and my frustration. (laughs) So (laughs) when I get into internet uh, digital divides uh, with companies, it can spill over into my family life and that's not a good thing. So... At the end of the day, if it's a dollar for Azir and six dollars for Warhammer Plus, uh, I'm still gonna go out and buy a hundred and twenty twenty dollar model for you know like <laughs> Marathi or whatever. So I guess for six dollars, like I, I can kind of deal with it. So yeah, yeah, that's my opinion. I, mean, I do I do have three Mega Gargants working on getting my fourth. <laughs> like I we all know I'm gonna end up with Warhammer Plus. I just I'm slightly grumpy because I'm afraid I'm gonna lose all my digital copies. That's all. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a reasonable. I think that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you have again, you've paid for the thing. You should have the thing. That's it, it, that's the purest thing. You know, again, the, when it comes to digital, Gabe oh, Gabe yeah. Newell figured it out. He's like, they won't steal video games if I make it easier to buy them, right? And then like he just printed money with Steam. It never had to make Half Life Three for us, but like just. Prince money, like oh, here's a Steam sale. Here's a here's a game for two, like for like three dollars. You've never heard of? It's fucking three dollars. Click, like, <laughs> you know, like just a hundred percent, just just Prince money. And that's what when you're approaching digital content, that's uh, basically what you have to do. Like, I bet that's a sound effect he has on his computer every time somebody buys a game for Steam. Oh, it's just three dollars. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just watches it go up and up and up. Yeah, it just it just stonks like just through the roof. I like what a yeah. <laughs> um, where we where, uh, let's see. I love that when people were popping off and and uh, reminiscing over midnight releases here. Um, oh, so good. Uh, so bring back video game strategy guides. LOL. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Like, uh, game FAQ. Yeah, game FAQs. Right. That was. I remember spending a lot of time on game FAQs, even as strategy guides were still in in like rotation. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and now like. And now I just like type in the thing into Google, and then whatever the first YouTube video is that pops up to tell me how to do the thing I'm stuck on, that's I click that, and then and then I yeah I don't know about strategy guides. It, I mean, when you play Lego Star Wars, the strategy guide is pretty helpful to get all the little pieces and all the little bricks hidden and whatever. And I, I did try searching online; they didn't have a really good guide on it. So yeah, well there you go. Like I did see. <laughs> I I bet you there's a way to to resurrect the 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 strategy guide. 
I mean, you have to do it kind of like a like simultaneously, like as a collector's thing, right? Because like nerds spending more yeah. on cardboard and plastic than you since you know what nineteen sixty five or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like we're just nerds love to spend money on on just shit. We all right. We, here's what you do. Yeah, you take the game name, you add a plus to it. You sell it for six dollars on release, and then... I shouldn't have said that while you were drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, that's it! You you broke him! You broke him! <laughs> oh. oh man! Oh, that's fantastic! I had to take my headphones off. I was redlining there. Oh man! Yeah, no, that's what you do. Um. <laughs> Uh, where was it? Uh, midnight release of Ca- Call of Duty. They set up laser tag. Bound and now, like, come on, like. Th- th- so when I worked, um, I worked a management at, at Barnes and Noble, right? Right when we were being crushed by, like, it's funny because, like, ironically, Barnes and Noble went in and destroyed all the mom and pop bookstores. You know, border. They killed Borders. They they killed all the mom and pop bookstores, and then Amazon started to sort of like crush them, and. uh I was looked at as crazy as one of the floor managers who's like, we need to make coming to the store an event because if people want to just buy a physical book, they're just going to click the button from their like pajamas at home and then receive the book. So you have to make them want to come in and then like while they're there, you know, they like the, the thing being there. So then they spend their money there. Like be open mm-hmm. about it, right? Like that's, you know, like, th- that's what you're you're doing. Be honest, be open, and make it an event. So, like, yeah, put in money into, like, having live bands in there. Laser tag outside the store. Stuff like that is what gets people wanting to keep that store open. You know, and, mm-hmm. you know, game stores have... I mean, it's, it's very tumultuous path walking with a game store, and if you wanted to open up a game store tomorrow, like a brick and mortar, uh, hard, tough competition, and again, you, you're running into the same digital problem. But game stores for a long time figured that out a long ass time ago with FNM making an event Friday night magic. It's an event. Yeah. You go in, you buy your boosters and you keep, you pay for the, you pay for the overhead with FNM alone. That's the event. And then you have other events. Like you have to make it the event. It digital doesn't really have, they don't have to do that again. Convenience is the sell. Mm-hmm. So I love that the, the laser tag thing. That's, that's brilliant. Um, I miss I miss it too. Like I know this, it sounds like old man shakes like yells at clouds right now, everybody. Like all the zoomers in the audience are like midnight releases, laser tag to buy Kawa Duty. Like what the hell? They're also like, wait, why would you not stay up till midnight on a normal night? This is just normal. Like stay up till two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Um, where is it? No, but I, I so back back to the strategy, guys. Like a hundred percent, I feel like you could you could win nerds over. Because nostalgia is a hell of a drug, right? Yes. And everybody has just those moments. Like, I know anytime I think of a, a strategy guide, I immediately think back to the first Zelda game that was on the N64 trying to go through that effing water temple, which made me want to hang myself, <laughs> right? And, like, just breaking down. Breath, and I think yeah. I went to went to a Barnes & Noble or, a bo- or you know, borders someplace or to buy a Borders or whatever to go buy the damn strategy guide. Because I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah, and to um, I actually uh, I b- made a friend so because uh, for like uh, S- SSR silent sustained reading, 
um, which is a home thing we did in homeroom, right? Uh, he was reading a Final Fantasy VII strategy guide. And so, like, I, I, like, faked, like, I had to go walk past him to go get something. I'm like, and I peeked in there, and I saw the, the code for the rocket. And, uh, because that, that freaking rocket was just trial and error, if you remember in Final Fantasy VII. Just deet, 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 doot, deet, 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 doot. Like, and just, and then you, time's up, game over. Hope you saved recently. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah, so you know, I but I ended up talking to him like just sort of out of class. I'm like, hey, you play Final Fantasy VII, you know, and like had a friend for life, right? Like, that was it. Like, yeah, I mean, nerds. Yeah, we're easy. We're simple, really. Um, and then uh, I share in this pain I saw in here with that very first time I bought a physical disc and it had to download and install all of my anger. And you're like, why? Why did I buy a disc? Yeah. Why do I have to? What? What? Why are you talking <laughs> to somebody else about the thing I bought? Yeah, like I felt yeah. betrayed, like just utterly yeah. betrayed. Like this, this transaction, <laughs> this relationship is a lie. Um, yeah, but yeah, like let people keep their digital versions. I think everyone, I think that's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. Um, and how's it going, Jackie? I see people rotating in and out there. Sorry, I missed a direct uh, greetings. Final Fantasy Seven, Eight, Tactics Nine, did that thing where you had to check into it online, and then that died. LOL. Yeah, I mean, like we've seen, and this is like not to be like old thing always best thing, right? Like I'm not. That's not the take here, anybody. Um, but like, you know, Dark Souls and and the Soul series and Bloodborne, uh, near Automata. These are versions playing with essentially what was that like physical communal aspect of video games and making them very digital. Like the way like dark souls, you read scripts on the ground, you know, even in your like little single player, single, single uh, player mode, you're sort of like getting tips and cheats from the community world by them integrating that into the game. And that's really that. I mean, that's genius, right? Like that's the equivalent of me reading over somebody's shoulder in homeroom, uh, to like see the cheat code. Like, it's the same thing, right? So th- th- this isn't all bad, you know. But speaking of random stuff gamers pay for, I bought the gigantic collector's ed of Dark Souls 2. Oh, man. RPG Boomer Gang shout out. <laughs> uh, Dragon Warrior back in the day, right? Oh, man. I had a defective, uh, I had a defective cartridge for the original Dragon Warrior. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, like, you, it, it, uh, whatever the code to uh, trigger the rainbow bridge, once you have, like, all mm-hmm. the items, wasn't in my game. Just <laughs> couldn't trigger the bridge. Would never, I've, to this day, I've never beaten it. <laughs> like, I, I went and I got, a, like, an emulator copy just to, like, go back and see if I was crazy. And, like, and then I, like, did what you do when, okay, that triggered the rainbow bridge. And then, I, like, I, like, do some internet research and, like, I wasn't the only one. Just some of them just, just didn't have that line of code or whatever and you just, you'd, you'd never get the bridge the end of the game for you was showing up and talking to an old man like uh, in this little corner of the map I remember exactly where it was where you're supposed to trigger the rainbow bridge to go to the castle and that's it for you that was it <laughs> and then you felt like you were crazy because you talked to other people they're like well yeah I just went to the rainbow yeah, bridge I'm like, like what did you do what, what did you do what did yeah. you do I had all these pieces like 
Okay, I have those pieces too. Yeah, but did you go fight this boss at this one castle? Because like that guy, it won't open if that person's not dead. I've killed him. Yeah, what, like it just—it's just you. Yeah, and just imagine like seven-year-old Andrew just going crazy with this. Like I don't know what's going on. Nothing in the world is real. Yeah. the rainbow retreat alive. You know, like fast forward to me in ten years, like on on a therapy couch, and I'm like, and the the rainbow bridge never spawned, and now I see that that's. The source of all my depression and anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it all oh, just man. leads back to this one moment. Yeah. It just... it's, it's been that the whole time. So, you know, <laughs> have you ever watched the movie The Goonies? Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So there was a theatrical release of The Goonies. And the theatrical release is basically what was on the, the VHS and the DVD, right? But there was another cut of the movie that was never shown in theaters. And it was never shown on TV, except it was shown once, to my understanding, in Portland, Oregon. One time, somebody got a hold of the wrong reel and broadcast it on television. So when I was little, I remembered the octopus with the boombox. And every time I watched Goonies, there was no octopus with the boombox. And then we moved from Portland to Wisconsin. And I'm like, don't you guys remember the octopus? And no one remembered the octopus. And it took until I was 20 that I met somebody who was like, yeah, you remember the scene. And then they released a collector's DVD. And there was the octopus with the boombox. 20 years later, I was finally vindicated. Imagine how maddening that that yeah. must feel, you know, anyone yeah. in the audience. Like, where you have this utter, you're you're certain it's reality. Mm-hmm. Certain. Yep. But, like, it's so, there's so much more going on in reality that, like, it mm-hmm. just it gets you and you're like, you start to feel like you're crazy. Yeah, but there's no internet. There's nobody no you internet. can ask. Yeah, you can't do right? research. Yeah. Right. It's not like you could mail the TV company and be like, hey, did you do this thing? You don't even remember what day you watched it. You were just a kid. Yeah, 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 no. Yeah. No, the internet... It's the Mandela effect, but it was real. Right, the Mandela effect, except not, like, totally made up, right? (laughs) Didn't they do that same thing with Clue? Like, because the Clue has the different endings, and then they... They when the theatrical release came out, they would you got a different this part of the United States got this ending and this part got this ending and this part got this ending. <laughs> yes. So like That's if you amazing. called someone, you were like, yeah, and this person did. They're like, what? No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. No, that's cool. I see. I more of this. More of this. All right. So uh, AOS 3.0. What do we do? We want to start with a, a zoomed out like our our broad takes. I think most people have seen Man Reads book. Uh, you can get the uh, the forty four pages of rules. Uh, mm-hmm. From the Warhammer community site, um, so these are these are available, um, and uh, yeah, like so you can download yeah. these. Uh, obviously, people looking forward to like getting their their GHBs. And what I'm hearing is AOS needs more Tim Curry. I agree, everything needs more <laughs> Tim Curry. Um, Fair. Uh, I'm gonna take a hot second here uh, and say thank you to DW. Uh, we at the Mortal Realms got a copy of Dominion, so I actually have the physical book in front of me. So uh, yeah. Dis- I've been having fun looking through this. So. Dis- disgusting. No, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've disgusted you. You have the physical book, and I'm a but a peasant must look at these digital files that I spent thirty five minutes lambasting. <laughs> if you would have casted yesterday, I could have driven to your house. And I had the book with me yesterday. So, oh man, fantastic. But- <laughs> no, I, yeah. I yeah. Sorry about that. I had to just watch the octopus thing. Wow. <laughs> Like you're, you're currently... it's crazy. It's like so bad. Like I, I thought it was the best thing in the world. It was like this amazing thing. Yeah. 
Right on. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm actually really, really, uh, really uh, pleased with the Mortal Realms. As I said at the beginning, no bullshit. You guys, uh, like, literally one of the best, uh, certainly the best lore podcast around, and one of the best podcast periods. So, and there is Appreciate one it. website that lists you as number one. So I am technically correct. <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, Aaron, don't say so. Would love to know what that website is. So uh, that sounds great. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. Zoom, zoomed out view uh, takes on three Dave. Like, what? What do you? What's your? Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts? I, so, it's been such a weird series of weeks for me. I feel like I'm in a time machine. But my favorite, absolute favorite part of three is now I can break these out. And I'm actually someone because I have rule points. Um, actually, according to seventeen point one, uh, you will see that that doesn't work. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I love that you actually put on your glasses to do that. Like everyone's just gonna like grow glasses that doesn't have glasses. Like they just <laughs> just so they can push them up on the bridge of their nose. And um, actually, so this came up in our Discord. But how is this not actually the Caradron code, but Age of Sigmar rules, right? Like, mm. how is this not Article 1, Paragraph 1, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly what this is. So. Parent 3, <laughs> Sub A, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, I... So. Yeah, I... I, I, um, I like to remind people that it's a whole new world. You know, this is... Mm -hmm. This is... Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Lulu. Just had to show up and sing Aladdin music at me. Um... <laughs> Which song though is the real question? A whole new world. A whole new world. Okay, that's great. That's good. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, um, because the KO code is fundamentally broken, like capitalism. <laughs> Oof. Base right. take. Base take. Spicy. <laughs> nice. Things are allowed to have flaws. That, that's what makes them interesting, right? Yeah. Ah. They're not rules so much as guidelines. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I um, I my my main thing is is. And I did a couple sort of like uh, just random stream shows where they were less, even less structured than tonight's show and just kind of like, you know, flying, flying off the cuff and very, a live stream, a live stream on Twitch. You know, that's what they were. Um, not quite a show. It's a little, it's a, it's a little different. I assure you, chat gang. Um, well, chat gang knows. It's the other people who maybe don't know. Um, so, yeah, I, like the main thing I tried to like hammer home is it's a new edition, new edition, new edition, new edition. Like you got to. Anytime something new enters the fray, you kind of have to, like, go back to your, you know, reassess your biases, you know, reset and, and do run some calibrations like Garrus, right? Like, you, you got you to gotta run some calibrations. Um, with, with, with a whole new edition, we need to recalibrate a lot more. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, I think it was Halo that was saying it's just not even the same game anymore. You know, the, the, the difference between AOS 3 to 2 is, you know, if you look at, like, the difference between, like, AOS 1 and 2, and then sort of, like, that seemed close, right? The difference between 2 and 3 is, I think he made a Magic the Gathering reference, like, uh, basically the difference between Ice Age and, and some edition, I don't remember, right? Like, you've got instant spells now. You've, you like, it's it's actually more fleshed out and more of a, uh, 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 an attempt at being this game, quite frankly. Um, and that's not a value statement on good, bad, better, worse. It's just a reality I think people 
need to confront at some point, is that this is a, a dramatically different version of the game. And good or bad is up to you, dear viewer, like, what you believe in the end. But do yourself a service and sort through some of those cognitive biases that you have uh, standing in your mind. Try to, like, remove them and, and go on with some fresh eyes. So that would be my... Uh, AOS 1 to 2 was season pass. AOS 3 is the epic se epic sequel. Well well said. The way I was saying is, like, I think uh, AOS 1 was alpha, AOS 2 was beta, and the game's live now. Mm -hmm. so. I, I, I think the nicest thing is that with everybody coming out from lockdown, or hopefully coming out soon from lockdown, having a new edition is really nice because it just kind of resets the field. Right, and it allows everybody to start on a level field, um, which I think is a really, really nice place to be. Having just went two weeks ago and played at the Atlantic City Open, and just like floundering around trying to remember all the rules for AOS 2.0, having not played a game in two years, having a new rule set come out <laughs> for the next tournament, it's going to be just nice and simple, and you know. I pulled out my army list for my um, for my goblins. It was like, oh, those bases are on the wrong ones. And then I pulled out for my night haunt, and I'm like, oh, I'm 200 points down because I haven't played this list in two years, and the points change, you know. So having a new ground and knowing that I know nothing is actually a much nicer place for me to be than thinking I know what's going on and failing miserably to do that. Well, because you have to unlearn. You have to unlearn the stuff and then learn new stuff, right? Like, that that's always a challenge is, is when you have existing... Like, if you've internalized... This happened with me with Graveguard. Um, like, I internalized one set of rules. This is before they did, like, the unmodified sixes and, like, they were changing language. Mm -hmm. I had internalized one set of rules. And I was technically correct w with the initial rules that I, I had internalized. But then they changed them a couple times on me. And, like, I hadn't looked back at the rules in such a long time. I, it wasn't until I was playing against someone. He's like, that's not how that works anymore. You know? Yeah. And most people took it at face value. And I'm like, you know, Games Workshop doesn't... The way Games Workshop releases information doesn't really do you tons of tons of favors in that respect either. Because if you grab your Battle Tome, go and look at it, you're you're going to see the old language anyway, you know? So mm -hmm. this is a chance to turn over a new leaf and go in without as many internalized things to deal with, to sort through and get rid of, to, to sort of learn anew. Mm -hmm. It sounds less American. Now he corrected. What did I, what did I miss? I missed something. Um, starting with a different faction will help you get uh, fresh eyes. Yeah, I mean, a Games Workshop yeah. would absolutely love for you to start a new faction uh, with a mm -hmm. new edition. Um, I, I think I'm that, that sucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think if you're like someone like me, who's like Soul Blight Grave Lords, uh, I spent a, a I did a Soul Blight Grave Lords show, I guess you could call it. Um, I spent a lot of time pointing out the difference because I thought it was very, very important that people who were picking up the book as an LON, a former LON player, switching to, to Soulblight Gravelords, I thought it was very, very important to point out how everything changed. Just to, like, again, and not as a better or worse, just literally, like, we all had this information internalized one way. It took me two read-throughs to be like, oh, this is... And, like, sort of, like, jettison the old information from my brain and go, like, oh, this is how this is different and in this way, right? To get the new language mm -hmm. and... It's very important that you do that. I think it's not insurmountable to play your old faction and 
you just have to have a make a concerted effort. Like you have to try to adjust. If you go into it kind of clinging to your biases and being like, this is how it should be, this is how it was, like that's. I mean, that's just a recipe for, like, having a bad time in life in general, man. Like, if you're not amendable to change in some way... And don't get me wrong, you know, you're never going to change my opinion on that the fact that Nagash is the greatest uh, character in the in the mortal realms. And, you know, there, there are certain biases, dear, dear viewer. Absolutely hang on to them. They're fun to lean into those biases. But if you're talking about trying to, like, you know change and grow and and re-educate yourself you gotta you gotta confront that stuff so he takes a lot of vacations though you got to admit that enough you know what he's uh he's a busy guy you know uh like we we could all we could all uh be so fortunate to have as many vacation days as as nagash has so <laughs> i mean in the end we know he wins because yeah. everything eventually dies so then it really doesn't matter of these offshoots like he's like you know what i know i'm gonna win this so I'm just going to try this random thing over here to see if it rolls out. All right. Here's my question. All right. Yeah. So what if Sigmar gets an entire civilization to believe that he's the God of the dead and then he gets his own realm in Shyish, and then Sigmar goes and takes on Nagash as a God of death and as God of Azir. I, I now think... who's going to win Nagash, huh? Huh? No, no, who's going to no, win no, now? No. See, See, you failed to to realize that that was just what Nagash planned, because now he gets to co-opt Azir by way uh-huh. of Sigmar's ambitious plan. See, because Nagash already has Dominion of the Dead, like he's he's got that. That's that's a lock. He had it for a while. I'll, I'll give it to him then. Right? It was Game Seven, and he was it was super close. But then you know he just kind of missed that last shot. No, he didn't. He made it. He won. He uh he didn't airball it like uh, KD. He he totally made it. It was great. Except Nagash is Giannis Antetokounmpo in this analogy. He didn't have to make the shot. He was already set up in a position to win. <laughs> he just wanted to make it a better overtime victory, is what you're telling me. Right, right? yeah, this is going exactly. Yeah, this is exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you got to put on a show, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. you got to give the fans what they want. And and we know that the real long con is that Teclis is now a, a, a horcrux for Nagash. Mm-hmm. Like, he beat the nerd out of him. And, and <laughs> yeah, it... I, yes, I heard that opinion. Yes, I did hear that. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> like I said, some some biases make life more interesting. It's uh, yes. you just gotta lean into them. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So so uh, AOS three point um, Really, truly, I you know I implore people to see this as an opportunity to sort of uh, just grow, right? Grow and learn. It's a new puzzle to solve. Mm-hmm. Puzzles are fun. Um, I understand if you feel some kind of way if you walk away and you've got like strong takes, you kind of reassess the situation. You, you know, lick your finger, check the wind, throw some blades of grass, see which way it's blowing, and you don't like the game. Still, after mm-hmm. all that, um, honestly, I'm not gonna tell people like you. You shouldn't think that way. It's all positive. It's the best way thing ever. I I kind of hate that. I don't like that yep. type of dismissive behavior towards people. I'll catch you next edition, everybody. Like if that's mm-hmm. how, how you feel, or you know, I'll I will listen to you bemoan this edition and play games as long as we have other stuff to talk about too so because i know some people Mm -hmm. play games for their friends and not just the quality of it you know it's something i had to realize that my favorite edition of dungeons and dragons was Mm 3.0 and still is and uh people just don't want to play 3.0 with me (laughs) so so i have to play fifth ed you know so uh and and fourth ed made me go play pathfinder so again this Games Workshop's not owed your money. 
you know, you you certainly don't owe them your time, and kind of vice versa. Like it, you know, if if you want to jump in, I, I think it's a good time too. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, the a, the core rules actually begin with the player's code after a little blurb. Um, with Sean Clark, yeah, in the picture for the like. I mean, come on, like, how could you have planned that better, Detroit boys? Yeah, I, right? I'm just upset that you can't see the back of the shirt that says three wins or walk home" because it would <laughs> practically it would practically undermine like half of what's being said of the players' code. You know, yeah, but you could see enough of it to know that that's what's said on the back of the shirt, right? Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, three wins or walk home is is what's in the back of his shirt. He's rocking his uh, combat gauge. Uh, bling, yep. uh, and yeah, so we get that image there. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, the fact that there is a player's code, the fact that it actually tells you to not be a jerk, right? Like, people look at it and say, oh, well, it's sad that they had to put that in the book. But I look at it and say, it's nice that a company makes a stand and say, says, I understand you're buying our product, I understand you're playing our game, and it's your stuff, but here's still the way you have to act as a reasonable human being when you're playing this game. And that's a little nice for the company to stand up and say, no, actually, you still have to actually respect the other person on the other side of the table. Well, I, I, um, I'm not going to go through these point by point, like I, I, the, the bullet points, I feel like that's kind of a waste of time, but, oh, absolutely. but, uh, I do really like that they, um, in here, they say, make a respectful gesture to your opponent before and after the game. See, I really like this because, like, we do have people, like, that are on the autism spectrum or have other, like, uh, you know, like, social anxieties or, like, hidden disorders or something like that. Um, This doesn't, like, penalize you. It's not, like, particularly ableist, you know? Um, You know, like, you know, if I don't want to touch your hand, especially coming out of COVID, like, that, you know, that's fine. I can be respectful another way. So so I I really do like that. I think that's a nod towards... um, Again, it's not it, you know it's it's staying away from being like ableist in language and being kind of like just very very it's a very subtle thing, but I think it's um I think it's very worthy to point out because I mean how many nerds are just we're over here because we're socially awkward and we're you know so I I really do like that. Um, Absolutely, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I also like that they point out never complain about your bad luck or your opponent's good luck. Because there is nothing worse than when you're playing a game and someone's like, oh, God, that's like the age 60-year-old. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. What, what do you want me to do with yeah. this? Yeah, I mean, I've got a small threshold for some of that behavior, but it is it, – I mean, this is the thing where, like, you write something down, you you codify it. You know, it, it – people may not have realized that that was, you know, kind of a bad look, as the Zoomers might say, uh, before to complain about luck. And now, like, they have to, like, recognize that and then maybe, like, change or not, whatever. You know, it's on you, do, you know. But I, I do like that you're, you're codifying stuff like this. You know, this is, this is um, it reminds me of, like, in RPGs when you, you sit down with somebody and they play a uh, tabletop RPG for the first time. And they ask you, what can I do? And then you respond, anything you want to. And they have no idea what to do in the game at that point, you know. Mm. it's an RPG, you can do anything. So, like, having, you know, actions and rules that empower the player to make decisions now because there's rules around it, it, it makes it it makes it more real. It allows them an interface into the game. And then from there, they start, like, kind of stepping outside the rules and changing and stuff like that. But as long as you know, like, hey, you know, you can talk to somebody, rule this die to, like, negotiate and barter. And now they start to mm-hmm. think and, and engage with it. Codifying stuff helps people. Like, having rules or guidelines or structures. Yep. 
Well, and the other thing, nice thing is that this is something that they they continue to use throughout the rules, and GW has done a pretty good job of, is they do a good job of saying, I'm going to expect you to know nothing, but I'm not going to treat you like an idiot because you don't know nothing, right? Like, if you've never played a game before, if you are a seven-year-old who's learning this, or playing against an eight-year-old, right, here's some basic rules about what you're going to be doing. And then they go from there into the core rules, and they explain everything about what's happening, but nothing about this language makes me feel like I'm an idiot for having to read it, right? And some of these things are a little bit different. And you read them, you go, oh, actually, that was kind of important, right? So I'm at the core rules, 1.1, factions, battle tomes, and battle packs. Mm-hmm. Play a game of Warhammer Ujic Simar. First, you must pick the factions you wish to include in your army, battle tome, more scrolls, pitch battle profiles, allegiance abilities, battle pack, right? Number one, battle pack is a brand new thing. But the other thing you don't have included in there is they don't talk about Grand Alliances. And this is something that I've seen is there are no mentions of Grand Alliances. So immediately, 1.1, all right, we've got two big changes. What are battle packs and where are the Grand Alliances now, right? What's going on? So, but at no point do you read that and go, oh, he's talking to me like I'm an idiot, right? And I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, and now we have this rule, this whole notion of rules bold. So we have rules mm-hmm. keywords, right? This is what the people who... who you know, a lot of times the comparison is almost unavoidable, so it's it's the one I, I tend to go with because it's the, the recognized one. But Magic the Gathering, like, Magic has, you know, rules. It says what banding is, and then it goes on to explain what it is and, you know, uh, you know what infect is. Like, it, it has the rule, and then it's the name, and then eventually as the people know what the rule means, you stop reading the flavor text, and you said, oh, this thing has trample. You know what trample means. We don't need a refresher on trample every time because you've had it codified for you. And so... Congratulations, rules bold. This is a thing. No. Absolutely, I love rules bold because now you can tell the difference between if they're using it as a keyword or if they're using it as like flavor text or something else, right? Like, hey, this matters, or uh, this was just something we threw in there because it was fluffy and it looked cool, right? And like, you know, is this in all capital letters something I should be paying attention to, or did you just say like battle or standard, or did you just say these words as part of the the prosy? description because they i do like the games workshop goes kind of like for a prose route with the, when they're describing some stuff but like this this helps them having mm-hmm. having these rules bold notion in your prose is going to help s- distinguish you know when you're just being kind of fluffy and silly and fun and cool and all those things we like about the flavor of warhammer but also when i should be paying attention to the rules right yeah sidebars are how i win every argument now <laughs> Good. Um, I heart rules bolt. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, you know, Paul, I'll let you uh, kind of. You've had more time to digest this than me. Um, mm. Any, any, uh, any things you really want to highlight here on page? Uh, you know, on rules one point one through one point three. Before I move on to the next page. I mean, um, the remove from play. I think is something. Yeah, is kind of a big, a significant enough change. Mm. But. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 interesting because it just it sets up the core rules, it sets up the core concepts, and it really is these are the building blocks. If you if you read through the core rules and the core concepts here, you're going to get a much different idea from what the game of Age of Sigmar is than you read through the rest of the the 1.0 and 2.0, right? Um, but it just it really sets a different ground and sets a different basis of understanding for how this game works. 
because it really clearly defines uh, pretty well what we're looking for. Um, so it's it's just it's nice and clear. And again, we're talking about bullet points, and we're talking about 1.1, 1.2, right? It's going to be a lot easier to refer back to and understand what's going on, and that's mm-hmm. immensely appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, I think 1.2.2 is actually pretty huge, right? Separating that slain and flee, right? Because it makes it very different. Because before, when if a model ran from Battleshock, it was considered slain, right? So then it would loop in. So, like, personally, I'm a big Flesh Eater Court homer, right? So, like, when models would run away, it would still go to my Chalice of Arishon, and I'm like, oh, coming back anyways, I don't care. But, like, now it doesn't count, right? Now it's something separate. So now, like, Battleshock and, like, Bravery Bombs and things like that, now this thing matters, Right. right. Where like before it was like, man, eh, whatever, it's all rolling the same thing. You're all coming back. I don't care. Well, well, you're kind of future proofing yourself is what's happening here. By making these distinctions, it allows you some mm-hmm. wiggle room with rules and exceptions later on. Like if you want to make something that does something different. Now you, you're kind of covered a little bit better. Now, these aren't um, mm-hmm. I, I got to say out loud that these aren't watertight as uh, was advertised to me. Uh, so I'm going to take personal issue. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to place this chip on my shoulder, and anytime I see something that is not watertight, <laughs> I will just cudgel the shit out of this dead horse over and over <laughs> and over again until it becomes Sermon. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the... <laughs> I know. I think that was a pre- that was like actually a re- like a pre-recorded interview too, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, of course. Like the poor guy had to get. I don't. I don't know Games Workshop staffers. I. I try. That's just Pickham. He's the guy in charge of AOS. So and just like, yep. Poor guy had to like get off the the show. Just like be like, as soon as like everyone saw it and like said watertight, he just had mm-hmm. to be like, because you, ne- you under promise oversell never, ever. You know, say something like speak in an absolute language like that when you're hyping something, or you're just gonna. <laughs> so, um, I've got ten FAQ questions already lined up in an email. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you want to give me the spare cudgel, if you uh, give me a spare cudgel, yeah, um, <laughs> like, I'll show you watertight. Get over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like I I said I you know uh, it's easy to lambast a guy over. Uh, making it like sort of an absolute claim like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not, uh, I, I hope everyone got the humor that I was, yeah. you know, the hyperbole and the humor I was going with. But, all right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, they're, they're not perfect. Um, you know, Dungeons and Dragons lauded as great, great, li- uh, you know, tend to be great rules. Like mm-hmm. still has errata. They, uh, none of the stuff. You can't there. make perfect rules, right? You, you really just can't, you know, like um, there's, there's this like dictum, this like foundational rule to like mm-hmm. how an entire country had governed itself for like over 200 years. And mm-hmm. like within 10 years, they had to write like, like errata called the bill of rights, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, you know, no, no system. Uh, yeah. Uh, no system is, is, uh, is perfect. Right. So it's about setting yourself up, giving yourself the language and the tools to be, uh, you know, great. And I look forward to uh, AOS uh, 5 or whatever we're going to be on. 4. <laughs> 3.2. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, 3.2.4, right? We're just going to keep going up and adding decimal points. I like, yeah, I like the decimal point um, <laughs> method here. This, These rules have... Uh, so, yeah, armies. You know, what's an army? Um, mm-hmm. did, I hammered on coherency enough on my, on my uh, random Twitch stream. <laughs> yes, coherency. <laughs> I wish it was two inches. Um, mm-hmm. 
Vince said it best. Um, you know, this is a solution looking for a problem, blah, blah, blah. But as you realize that roster building is different now, like you're not running a bunch of like fatty 40 blocks of everything anymore. You're running, no. you're running, you know, you're running, you know, min units and reinforce once, maybe mm-hmm. twice if they're battle line, right? So th- yeah. th- th- the coherency thing, I get it. It feels bad. Um, I sympathize with people who are feeling the pinch, especially on my Cavalos Death Riders, damn it. They did nothing wrong. They hurt nobody. <laughs> okay, they hurt lots of people. But yeah. they didn't deserve this. Uh, so I'm with so, you, but Here's the thing. Go ahead, go ahead. Right? If we're going to look at this and we're going to say, we're just going to start fresh, right? It doesn't matter what happened with your army in the last edition. If we're starting fresh, it doesn't really matter what happened before. No, no. Because no. we're starting new. No, no. Right? I said I get I said I get to hang on to some biases specifically. <laughs> Um, I'm <laughs> no, right. go on, go on. So, I mean, yeah, coherency has changed, right? It's yep. a thing, yep. But we move forward. This is the way the rules are now, those are the way the rules were before. Everything's going to be different, every little thing, right? Lane, flee, coherency, right? Being removed from play, that's going to change the way that you play, too. Instead of looking at these as things that removed opportunities from the game. You look at these as opportunities to become a better player with your army, Found right? These are the now. things, yeah. exactly. These are the things that are going to make you a better player. Is if you look at those rules and say, this is how I do it. Okay, now what? Yeah. Right? And 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 so I, I think that's what we're going to see going forward is that these rules are foundational for the rest of the way that the game works. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. And that's, and that's kind of... Um the point I was spiraling around in my own little loquacious way. Um, <laughs> unit coherency, once you realize the way that the game goes forward from here, it it's easy to nitpick on, and I, I'm there with a lot of you. Um, but, I mean, it's it's fine, to, to quote Tom Lyons. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> that, is, that is literally I, his I, I hope right I, I hope I got his inflection <laughs> right, everybody. We're, we're no longer... <laughs> let me be very clear. No, it's just... It's fine. It's, it, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, and and uh, so the pointing out unit coherency, moving into like armies, mm-hmm. and this is where I think you start to see it kind of like come together with with how an army builds now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the this the big thing in here, you know, like endless spells, invocations, and faction terrain. So hey, we cover all yep. this stuff. Now we have language for the endless prayers, right? Mm-hmm. They're invocations. Perfect, because this was a problem for like Sons of Behemoth. They had to FAQ and every blah blah blah. Uh. <laughs> this is where your rules bold and, and this stuff helps you, right? Mm-hmm. So we know what invocations are now. Um, just again codifying a lot of this stuff. Hey, my dudes. Hey, Fluke Skywalker. How's it going, my friend? Um, tells you what generals you know and generate command points. Like, I, I guess what are the the broad strokes for like the sort of army that you guys want to ha- like get through for three I did think it was interesting that they do point out now that the player is the commander of the army. Like, mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing that they wanted to, like, put a rules bold on. Yep, that it's in the rules now. Because before, it was always in the background of the player is the person in charge of your army. Well, I was, I'm, the little, I'm the little disembodied hand in, in Starcraft that goes around and clicks, and that's what I yep. am. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what that does when you put it into the rules, so even if you don't read the lore... You understand that it's not you going down there and trying to kill everybody, right? 
you're not the actual figure. You still are the person living out, directing this play. It's more making sure you understand this is your cinematography that you're playing out on the battlefield, not you actually going down there and, you know, chopping apart this person or that person, right? Mm-hmm. It, I think it's, it's something they've been very clear about in the background, but now they've codified in the rules. So even if you just read the rules, you understand that this is a fantasy. This is the, you know, the shared conversation that we're having over a table with miniatures involved. Right, right. No, I love the, the shared conversation point. I'm, I've heard you use it a couple times before. I really enjoy that. Um, it For me, um, this is a similar move to uh, Planeswalker uh, mm-hmm. in Magic the Gathering. Like, most people didn't realize that who you're supposed to be is the Planeswalker controlling the deck and, like, summoning up land and tapping it for power and blah, 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 blah. Like, you're this this unbound to a single plane. You you conjure spells with a thought. Your library is, like, the spells you have readily available in your head, like, and so on and so forth. Like, this is doing that. Um, it's weird because it's almost like they're giving you, like, a narrative anchor point on, like, what you are to the game. That's a weird thing to do. Um, I you know I didn't go away, fluke, but yes, I'm back. <laughs> um, the more I read the core rules, the more this game starts to look like magic. I think that this is a little bit of a careful what you wish for scenario. Uh, the big dominant conversation about making our game rules better was, well, look at magic, look at magic, right? Um, it's it's inevitable you know, sort of, uh, we, uh, we conjured this, uh, this Tulpa into existence, uh, through our collective will, everybody. So, uh, enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, army, uh, your, your general, um, talks about like uh, how you, you generate command points, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then we get to our tools of war. So this is funny. Um, so like the, this is just saying like measuring distances, dice, uh, rolling mm-hmm. off, um, you know, stuff we kind of knew already. I think they're just reinforcing it. Anything, nothing really new here, I guess, or any f- fresh eyes we need to put on this stuff. Oh, I guess modifiers, right? That's the big one. So, uh, yeah. So the way, go ahead, Dave. yeah, yeah, go ahead. You got uh, it. It's it. Yeah, it's just that they do, now you do the rerolls before, right? So, like, that's a it's a huge thing. Rerolls mm-hmm. before, and you can't net over a plus one or a minus one. So you can buff. Correct. You can buffer, like, like um. So like, if I have like a, a negative six, uh, rend penalty, and you have like a, a like a plus two, or, like it's it still ends up being a, a you know negative one. Whoever wins, you know, it's so that's that's the main thing. Well, Go ahead. Rend is slightly different, right? Uh, it's everything but sorry, rend. Sorry, not rend. Right? Um, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you were using the, to hit. To hit, yeah. yeah sorry, yeah. my bad. My mistake. Yeah. So that's yeah. The, that's the main thing is you have this, like, buffer pool, effectively, um, for hits hits and misses. Um, Stack those armor bonuses so you can negate rend, guys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why Nagash is OP now, because he can, like, triple tap mystic shield and uh and negate your rend um so okay so i really want to model 
eight glowing orbs around Nagash because I love the new Arcane Bolt. I know we're jumping ahead, but I love the, just the thought of Nagash just being like, I have all of these. Do you want to come to this point that I'm holding? Oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the Ayun stones in, in, uh, in Dungeons and Dragons. They just float around them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can gra- bravery be modified beyond one? Asks uh, 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 Cannonball there. My Gargant, uh, uh, my Gargant puts on his robes and wizard's hat. Ooh, red. Uh, what was that? Red. <laughs> was it Red Ninja, Red Wizard thirteen or whatever? Uh, an old aim. Uh, instant messenger uh, meme. Going deep on that one, Relian. I approve. <laughs> um, I want our local Nagash player to Chad Arcane Bolt charge me at least once. Uh, I mean, it's mandatory if you play Nagash now. So, um, anyway, um, abilities and effects. So 1.6, um, what are the, what are the big, big points here of emphasis? Um, I think that it's, it's described abilities and effects and it separated them out from the same thing, right? Like, so instead of being one rule, right, we have an ability and then the effect, and then it, it actually differentiates that a little bit more later on in the core rules or in in these rules um <clears throat> where to me it actually starts to separate out even more the lore from the rules to make it very clear that like all right we have this sentence that does this thing this sentence that does thing this thing now we're we're talking about the ability and then oh this is what it does mm-hmm. right so um it's it's nice to have that clear because that'll be important a little bit later on right Right. Um, right. When we we're just talking about war scrolls and stuff like that, so. right? And and one of the big important things here is like mm-hmm. the sort of uh, they've they've made a very simplified stack, quote unquote. So like Magic mm-hmm. the Gathering's first and last out, like, and then it just keeps in stacks and stacks, and then everything resolves and goes down the line. Um, so what they did is essentially like they just made a simplified version of that. So like simultaneous effects take take hold. The controlling player does them, and really what it ends up mm-hmm. doing is like. Everyone remembers that really bad flowchart of at the beginning of combat, end of combat mm-hmm. phase, that whole thing. They've cleaned that up immensely. So you still get to do your, um, you know, you can do your shield tilt before the always strikes first kicks in because they're like, they kind of check for everything and then you and then you get to resolve it all. And they actually mm-hmm. sort of, you know, talk about triggered effects and they really clean it all up. Um, they're theoretically... Sorry, um, I thought one of my kids was yelling. Um, I think someone's squeaking their tires instead. Um, my mistake. Uh, no, so so yeah, they they just kind of cleaned up some of the the way the effects work. I think this is pretty, like pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is this is yeah. what, what we'd hoped for. We didn't have so something really a precedent for how to resolve stuff like really mm-hmm. at all in AOS before. It was like wait for an FAQ to come out to tell you what you do. Um, go ahead. Yeah. Well, just the start, and then whoever's player's turn it is, you get to choose the first thing, and then the other player gets to go, and then you get to go. Then you have normal, right? And then at the end of the game turn, right, you get to go because you're the person whose turn it is, and then the other player, right? Like, it actually codifies it down to a very specific way of working. And it's it's nice and clear, 
and it allows you to plan a little bit better. And I, I think this is one of those rules that helps you to be a better player because it makes it very easy to understand how you can make those combos work if you've got multiple combos going off at the start of the phase or, right, like, this is how I make sure that my, you know, for example, the web spinner, uh, Shana, uh, the Arachnarok with the, the flinger, <clears throat> it can make somebody attack at the end of the phase, right? And now, because of one of the rules we're going to see later on, it can do that when somebody charges within nine inches, I think is what it is. And so that adds a ton of strategy. If you're like, oh, this person has a strike first ability, I can give them a strike last ability, then those two can cancel out or simultaneously, right? Like you can actually start making those more important, right? Because a contradictory effect, where the effect of the two or more abilities are contradictory, 1.6.3, the last one that it was applied takes precedence, right? If you've got a first strike ability, say on your uh, Empire Griffin, the general on Griffin, right? But I hit you with my web flinger, right? Well, I take precedence, so they cancel out. So sorry, you're no longer strike first. You're in normal order because your strike first was hit. I'm sorry, was counteracted by my strike last. So now I take precedence. So that's right. it's nice, right? So things that happen in the phase can actually be a lot more strategic than they were before, well, it's, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 again, this is codifying stuff so that players brains start to think about it it's yep. teaching you how to think about the abilities and how they interact whereas before we didn't really have a way of communicating that to people like yep. people were bringing in external things like the magic the gathering stack into it to try to explain what happens right like mm -hmm. you know and yeah that's good for magic but that's that it's meaningless in, in age of sigmar it's yep. you know like that you know like yeah we can we can try to like infer what their intent might be as best we can, but without having the tools, you know, so now they don't have to go through and every individual flipping ability go like this works this way with that thing in an FAQ anymore, which is nice. It's really nice. And again, it's teaching you how to play the game of Age of Sigmar, which is mm -hmm. the most important thing you could be doing. Like, yep. And an another huge part of it, right, when we're codifying this, like it takes out a lot of the feels bads, right? Because like, I'm going to say majority of us are not like top tier like echelon players right we're, we're playing at our friend's house right like and there's nothing worse when you're like hey man like i know you have this ability that you really wanted to use this shield tilt but guess what my terror guys just eat your guys before anything happens sorry yeah, yeah. like yeah. like now like it's broken out and you can be like yes like you can see exactly right here this is where this works in and like nobody's like oh okay right. well and i mean shield tilts work again against even always strikes first right so, like you get a chance to the 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 logical thing works right mm -hmm. which is you know that's when it's good design by the way is when like the our our by uh, like the player bias is just like we think it should work this way and then the rules say yes it works that way um it's intuitive right that's good yeah uh sir darwinning well, wants me to ask paul if he fought a pink griffin at aco i did indeed hello <laughs> nice to see you again yeah Nice. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sounds like I was a. Uh, I cut you off. Uh, you were sounding like you were about to say something. Well, and it, it opens up another lever. Uh, they like to talk in the design city about levers, right? So, what if you had an ability that happened during the beginning or during the combat phase that wasn't in the beginning or wasn't in the end that allowed you to make another unit fight in the beginning of the phase or fight at the end of the phase? 
If you could make an enemy unit fight at the beginning of the phase, after the beginning of the phase has gone, you could effectively cancel out that unit's attack. Right. If you can make one of your own units fight at the end of the phase, after they've already attacked, you could have your own unit fight twice in the phase. Right. right? It opens up that lever for something that could possibly happen with an army moving forward. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not saying that that's something that's possible, but it, it opens up a lot of different ideas for how this could be work and be kind of cool. Right. Yeah, I mean, embrace the possibilities and the puzzles. Um, the mm -hmm. battlefield, yeah, it's, it's a battlefield. <laughs> we got it, thank you. Uh, deployment, so... Um, let's see. Anything in deployment that we need to know, really? Well, Go ahead. So we've got reserve units, right? We've got summoned units, but... We have units that are in reserve, so I don't think that we've actually specifically have this clarified yet, but the way that it specifically works seems to me to remind me of, for example, right, um, in the grave or in the un underground for the night haunt, right? That seems to me that this is going to be a reserve unit, mm -hmm. right? But that doesn't have that phrasing yet, so I assume that's going to be like a day one FAQ yeah. that's moving forward, right? <clears throat> yeah. And so all those abilities that all have all those different titles in all those different battle tomes. Because right? they're, all, they're all prose writing, right? Like, uh, exactly, you know, right? Bra the Brayherd ambushes you and... Correct. And, uh, Lightning Night strike Str ability. Yeah, they're right? all... Skater strand. Like, there's all these different abilities. So when you walk up to your opponent, you're like, oh, this one I can put in reserve. I know exactly what that means. Right. Right? I don't... You know, the rule itself doesn't matter. This unit goes into reserve. Okay, I know what that means. That means you need to bring it on before turn four... And et cetera, et cetera, and this is the way it works now. That's a great way to clean up all these different uh, rules and different ways of working. Yeah. So vanilla sauce, no need for maximum because, in terms of the reinforcement point system, you can only reinforce a unit once or twice of its battle line. So like yep. they don't need to define a maximum because it's already constrained. Now the mm -hmm. question you're going to logically have after that is, what if I have some sort of summoning or replenishment mechanic? Can I mm -hmm. then exceed? the unit size yep i mean that's and, yeah uh, I, I, so some summoning is different right because some like they define summoning right there like summoning is something we're adding to the army right so of course you can go above right if you're mm -hmm. summoning if you're summoning in like so for instance uh my arch regent could bring in 20 20 goals right so that wouldn't cost me any uh reinforcement points wouldn't cost me any of that like they just bring them on um I think a lot of the other abilities, though, are going to be moved to off of slain. Like, I don't know how many they're going to let go over. I think they're going to try to minimize that just from mm -hmm. reading some of these rules. Yeah. Although I do like the yeah. fact that zombies can still go over. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing I think you also have to realize is, all right, we may not know what maximum means right now, or we might not be able to find a use for it. But what if a battle plan says you can only have a maximum of 30 models per unit? Yeah. Right? And then later on, when we're going to be talking about the fact that you can have understrength units, which is something I actually did at ACO. I only had eight of a, a unit instead of 10, but then all of a sudden you can place them in smaller spaces than a 10 unit of Reapers because you only have eight. And then you don't have to slay them and then you don't have to worry about Battleshock, right? But if you can only have one understrength unit, well, then you need to look at your army list and say, well, if I have to go up against this battle pack and this battle pack says that I have to have a maximum of 30, but I can only have one understrength unit or two understrength units, all of a sudden, this affects the way that I'm designing my army, right? Again, these are levers that they're putting into the rules that they could potentially pull on later, well, right? So, so Horizon Lackey, um, the, the rules, what, what 
vanilla sauce is getting at and what I'm aware of mm-hmm. is like so if I can uh, deathly invocation uh, go mm-hmm. around and, and deathly invocate uh, you know my zombies the notion is like I showed up with 60 zombies right and some of them mm-hmm. died and I'm, and I'm like resummoning them back can I deathly invocation them past the 60 I initially had which is I think what everyone's mm-hmm. concerned about yeah um, so I think for that uh, I'm going to actually read deathly invocations phrasing real quick because that might solve it there but but as it stands, I haven't read anything that says you can't do it. <laughs> oh, that's returning models. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the one thing the th- one thing with zombies is on the actual war scroll, like the zombie, like re- their built-in return mechanic, and I think it's supposed to be uh, oh when they flavorful, pop people, like they're the, infecting. Yeah, the yeah. popping people. So, yeah, that's the one you're, you're wondering about. The six that the they six can one. go above, right? Yeah. So because, theoretically, like, they could reinforce themselves above by popping mm-hmm. popping models. Yeah. Because uh, they're turning granted, them into zombies, right? Yeah, yeah. Granted, they have no saves, so you're going to wipe zombies. Like, I mean, neither here nor yeah. there. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, right? Like, the, mm-hmm. they this might be an FAQ type situation. Um, like, well, I don't think you're. Go ahead. I seem to remember that there was a rule in here um, that specifically says that if the battle tome um, override the battle tome overrides the core rules, right? Unless specifically stated. Um, and so if the battle tome says that you can do it and there's nothing in the core rules that says that you can't do it, right? Well, then it's going to work just fine. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, remember. Yeah. I think, ahead. I think right now it's, it's the, the people are thinking that zombies can like you, you're bringing a 60 block of zombies and you like slaughter stuff and now you got 65 zombies, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what people think is, is the current rules allow for. And honestly, even if it does, I don't think it's that big of a deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. like, yeah, like what, whatever. <laughs> go, 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 yeah. ham. Um, they're zombies. Yeah. Army book greater than core book. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. that that's kind of been around for a little bit. Yeah. Right. Twenty-five three for reference. Look at you with your sidebars. Did you did you just unactually me? Yeah, he did. Sidebar <laughs> for reference. Um, so battlefield deployment, we covered that, you know, uh, battle rounds. So, um, I mean, yeah, like they don't define maximum unit size. I see what you're saying, Vanille. So they reference something and then whatever. (laughs) I'm not too worried about it. Um, for four point uh, battle rounds. Um, just uh, recapping if this is uh, anything pertinent we need to know here. Command points is, I think, the big thing. Like, right, if you go second, you get the you get you get two command points instead of one. Um, you know, we, the priority role is still here. Uh, and uh, hang on, everyone, like, lean in here. That you were hoping that the, 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 the that it'd be you go, I go. Um, and and it's not. Uh, lean in here real close. I want you to. If you, if you got headphones on, I want you to cup your ears and hold them tighter to your head. Good. <laughs> like, good, good. Um, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to. It's not going anywhere. Um, it's part, it's part of the DNA of AOS. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, talk about, uh, you know, phases and and battle rounds. This is just codifying stuff. They mentioned the command, uh, command points, turn sequence. Mm-hmm. Things that we all kind of know already. Um, yep. 
Well, and I also, love... go ahead. Go on. I was going to say, I love that they are codifying like exactly how far all the command abilities can be used from. And I hope that we get rid of like the willy, the like the wonkiness of certain battle tones where this one's within three inches and that one's within nine. And like we could just be like, it's 12 or it's 18. Mm -hmm. Done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they normalize some of those ra the, the ranges, too. Because right here, like with using command abilities, is this what you were talking about? 12, 18, 18? That mm -hmm. Yup. Yeah, um, yeah, command points. So this is the part where, like, uh, Mortec Guard and uh, Osiarch Bone Reapers, uh, just like uh, Maw Tribes, uh, we mm -hmm. taught the game better mechanics, and the whole game was like, <laughs> yes, we should have those as universal rules, like monsters score for more, and it's easier to spend your command abilities using, like, your unit champions and stuff, and you generate more command points uh, overall, of course, the battle. You're welcome. Uh, it is. It was our benevolent duty, as Osiarch Bone Reapers and Maw Tribes, respectively, to raise the water level of the total game higher, so that you all may enjoy it better. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is good. I like this. I, I I'm... I, I will kind of always be a little sad to see Holy Within, but I understand as long as it's, you know, 12 inches and 18 inches, then it's not so bad, but um, 8 inches or, you know, 6 inches, heaven forbid. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the um, Holy Within, I understand what they're doing. It's still here, everybody. Um, I think it was wishful thinking to expect it not to be because there were new, newer and newer books coming out still using the Holy Within language. Um the tables are smaller. They're tightening up. They're, you're you're just seeing these tightened, like the the battles mm -hmm. sort of tightened up a little bit. Um, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, but here we are. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you have this this really cool thing where like your unit champions can like command stuff now. I mean that's just mm -hmm. it's so clean. Of course, why else would they be there? Yeah, right. So well, and it makes them useful, right? Other than oh, I get one more attack, right? And the other thing is with totems, right? Totems are going to have, like, actually cool things. Those are worth bringing... Those pretty models are worth bringing into your armies now, even if it's not necessarily the best totem for your army, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, six inches, it's all in how you use it, right, Hades? <laughs> um... <laughs> I, I, lo I love that they're... I, to tag on that, I love that they're pushing in totems because like dread Sorian's a totem for some strange reason <laughs> like yes <laughs> yeah yeah this is this is just cool stuff this is this is the water level going up by the way this is this is excellent uh the other thing well, about go ahead it's it's a it's making the cool models that you want to paint worth putting in your army mm -hmm. and that's cool also right by, and if, go ahead go ahead but you go ahead oh by contrast like with back to the unit champion something you were saying like it makes them kind of more relevant um abilities that can pick out and nosh you know specific units just got cooler by association mm -hmm. like now exactly. i can nosh your 18 inch or your your uh like your 12 inch bubble giver guy or whatever like yeah let's go um so this mm -hmm. is this is an example of like them making a change that just is, is a net positive kind of across across the board for not just mm -hmm. the models themselves but also the implications of the other stuff that interacts with that so well and in a game where a five wound hero can be taken off the table super easy and where some armies the highest wounds that you have on any heroes is seven i'm looking at you night hunt right your unit <laughs> champions being able to issue commands allows you to still use those command points even if you know like you've lost all your heroes 
Right. You can still do cool stuff with your units. Right. And, and that's nice. It's it's letting you do more things with more things. Right. And it it dilutes the impact of shooting just kind of uh sort of by, with like mm-hmm. via uh, a sort of indirect nerf, right? Yep. Or in uh, not indirect nerf. It's an indirect buff to a bunch of armies that pad against shooting cuz now you can't snipe out. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. I'm behind 9000 skeletons. Like good luck sniping out like <laughs> the one Hecatos, right? Like he's just in there. Yep. Um yeah, no no, it's it's cool. Um it also makes the game more mobile. Mm-hmm. You know, like, your your units can go off and do a thing now, and they don't always need to be babysat. Like, yeah, you can get some steroids off the babysitter hero, but, like, they're not they're not dead on arrival like they were before, where you absolutely had to have a unit supported, absolutely had to have somebody there. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's a, I mean, this is, this is a great change. I mean, it really is. Uh, the other thing is uh, mm-hmm. command points. You can't use the command ability, uh, basically a rule of one. You can't use the command ability more than once, and a unit can't be affected by you know, the mm-hmm. same type, and so on and so forth. So just... yeah, just And, well, and, now, that, and now that makes uh, command abilities that have like aura effects that hit, hit everyone like so much better. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, those... those you're wondering yeah. why I have a Battleshock immune bubble on this, this character, you know, versus, you know, why would I use it? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, go ahead. so we've got the hero phase, right? 7.0. And then, um, which is nice because then we've got wizards, priests, wizards. Like, we're starting to see the lineation of those different um, terms that we were using earlier on. And then heroic actions, which are the super awesome new little cool additions. Yeah. Right. So real- I'm so excited to try these out. Yeah. By all measure, from a lot of the people who have been playing 3.0, from what I've heard so far, like they adore these, and mm-hmm. uh, I mean they're they're th- okay. So like maybe this is a time where we talk about rules bloat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this might be a this might be a time where we talk about this. Um, the um, there are free things that you do that are fun and cool, right? Like they're they're, yeah. they're powerful, they're interesting. Um, they make heroes feel more impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, this is this is good stuff. Um, there's going to be growing pains with a new edition like this, as far as rules bloat goes, and there's really no easy way to like say it or 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 dismiss it or anything like that. Like, yeah, some of what's being perceived as bloat isn't bloat though. It's just them giving a word to a thing we already knew. Mm-hmm. Um, making it clear in less arguments, which is always good. But yeah, and and that's the good type of like writing extra rules, you know, because you don't want to just mm-hmm. like have a bunch of word soup for no reason. So like there's yeah. there's doing some stuff with it's clar- clarity. This is straight bloat, but when is bloat okay? When it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's the penny yeah. ar- penny arcade thing. Like, what's the difference between rip off and homage? <laughs> whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. When is it not bloat? When I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Well, and. And the thing is, right, like, I, I guess the old gamer in me says, I played through 6th edition, I played through 7th edition, I played through 8th edition. What, there's 44 pages of rules and you're telling me this is a bloated rule set? Really? Really? After the 160 pages of 8th edition? Before you even get to the battle tomes? Yeah. And then you have how many pages of rules for that? Really? This is bloated? I just, I don't see it. Yeah, uh, my favorite, I gotta be honest. My favorite tabletop RPG on the planet is Rifts. It has a uh, hundred times the rules of anything, and they're way worse written. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, they've never had a new edition. 
Yeah, like, like, because they just keep tacking on new books and new. Oh, and the, oh, we're gonna do Top Planet of the Dinosaurs 3.0. Oh, there's new dinosaurs. Yep. It'll be great. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that like, like uh, I guess what I, like I guess what I'm saying is like okay, Zoomer. Like if you're complaining about a number of like I don't know. Uh, no, there is there is a there is a concern in my mind at all uh-huh. times when something gets really meaty and, and thick in terms of rules is um. Mm. Yeah, that's what she said. But <laughs> how how does it read to new players? I am not a new player. Mm-hmm. I've been around rules yeah. my whole life. I I do have a legitimate like concern, but uh, like I have to ha- have pause and wonder how new players are finding this. And so I I actually mm-hmm. am honestly ask dear new players, mm-hmm. you know, if you're you're just now like maybe you've been hanging around 2.0 and you've been you know, kind of painting, but you haven't really played yet. How I'm really curious how these rules read to like the newer players amongst us. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're watching this back on like YouTube or whatever, in comments down below, like, let me know. Um, and obviously here in chat, like chat gag, you mm-hmm. can you can pop off anytime. But I'm really curious to to, to the new player perspective because I have mm-hmm. a very calloused, you know, in my day, uh, you know, you didn't play a game unless you read fifty p- books of rules, and you know, like. It, you couldn't pre-measure, and you had to guess range on your cannons. I tell you, yes, what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but here's the other thing, right? Like, this is the the thing to me where it becomes a little bit just, I don't know. I don't worry about rules bloat with new players because new players don't think they're going to get the game perfect mm-hmm. because new players are just looking to play games with their models, right? And so rules bloat to me is completely just unreasonable like a like a non-sequitur it's just it's just not exactly right like this is only really important if you are a tournament gamer right or if you want to make sure that you're playing it exactly right Hmm. but if you want to make sure that you're playing it exactly right you want something that delineates all the terms you want rules below because we had 1.0 we had 2.0 and those weren't clear enough for us to understand and not have an argument Mm -hmm. what you want is a rule set Enough that you don't have as many arguments as you used to have. Well, there, there right? is is uh is rule there rule zero or rule number one in here? Solve it with a die roll. Is that still in here? Uh, I have. Uh, is that gone? I see it. Is it gone at last? They actually want you to like get your rules correct as opposed to fix it with a die roll. Yeah, I believe. So. Have I been so, um, working so many hours? Like I'm just like you know like sweating and getting out of my work truck and just like. Gah. Uh, new AOS rules. I didn't even notice like the one big gripe we all used to have for like a long time when I first started playing this game. Like if it's gone or not. Am I? No. Am I out of touch? No. It's the children who are out of touch. Um... <laughs> like... All right. I, I, I got I got two things on this last point on this one yeah, before yeah. we move on. Uh, first one: If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit like and subscribe and hit that bell for notifications. Gross. No, actually, do the opposite. <laughs> Thumbs down. Um, no. Sec- no, you should roll a dice to see whether or not yeah. you're going to hit that bell yeah. and subscribe. There you go. <laughs> um, secondly, the one thing that I really like about this is this is the beginning of you starting to do stuff on your opponent's turn because it's every hero phase. Yep. So both of you guys get to do something, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. there's things they can add to the game that do make it longer, but mm-hmm. makes it feel less makes it feel like it's faster because we're both doing things that like right. and you don't have that i'm just gonna sit over here and hang out although now i need to figure out when i'm gonna get beers but i'm, like, I'm a little worried about how interactive the game is where where is my beer phase now 
Like I think I'm just gonna. I think it's still. I think it's like, still opponent's movement phase is still probably the beer time, but that that's like the one concern I have. Like, I'm okay with the tables getting smaller because I have more beer space. Like, Fair. yeah, you know, like I've got. Hopefully, we just keep using the exact same table sizes for the tournament. We just use the smaller mats on those tables. That would be mm-hmm. ideal for me. Um, yes, everyone in the tournament scene conform to my specific needs here. I am the most reasonable person. Um, yeah, no, heroic actions are cool. They're interactive. I mean, this is yeah. this is the good kind of interaction. Like, it's it's stuff that we're, we're kind of doing, and there's a back and forth. It does, yes, it does make Gotrick even better. And you know what else made Gotrick even better? The table getting smaller. It's like he gained six inches of movement on turn one. <laughs> mm. like, so, uh, I'll, I guess I'm not saying that, that Gotrick is... Uh, is stonks, but I'm saying that Gotrick is 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 stonks. Stonks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he should be. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, hero phase, command abilities. Yeah, we got. Uh, the, so the the thing to note is that these are all heroic actions, and they have to be done by heroes, right? So when it says using command abilities, unit champions can issue commands to their own unit, right? But unit champions are not heroes. So this is not what we're talking about with heroic actions. We're we're gonna have to go back here, right? When we're talking about attack command abilities and stuff, where it says you can use this command ability when you do. It doesn't have the hero keyword. Yeah. So there are limitations on those, but they're they're still there. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Cool. Uh, movement phase. Uh, you know, you move, run, and this is the one big thing is uh, normal move, right? We actually have language for this mm-hmm. now. So we yes. know that a normal move is a thing and it is different from a yep. run and a retreat. So, yes. Um, yeah, spelled out. That's yeah. cool. Yep, no, perfect. Um, and then they go on to go into more detail with normal move, retreat, and run. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the... It's a command ability change that I was thinking of for a second, but yeah. So, At the double. Yeah. At the double, yep. Yeah, so you can't do it. You can't run. You can't roll your run and then see if you want to do it. Now you just have to decide if you want to do it. Now you have to just say, "Oh, it's six. Yep. Yeah. So movement phase command abilities. Boom. Here they are. Mm-hmm. Um, at the double. This is yeah. You have to use it before you see it. This is a kind of just a consistency thing. I think I've noticed them doing uh, throughout for a little bit now. Is you should have to think, make the decision beforehand, and then go with it. Right. Um, I have no opinion on this. I don't think it's worth one. Um, yeah. Uh, redeploy. Woo. Uh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a D six inch move, but it doesn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to shoot later, but yeah. Yeah. So you can't shoot. Um, you basically, yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to basically, you're essentially giving up your shooting, uh, to make mm-hmm. my charge harder. Right. And really this is, this is table play. It's, it's, it's tactical genius table play her and only one unit's going to be doing it by the way. So like, it's not like right. you can't, your whole army is not just going to like cowardly creep six inches away or D six inches away from the advancing forces. It's going to be one unit that you protect. You know, I, but, I do like I do like the tactical idea of though like when you're getting when you're getting around objectives and someone like 
edges out onto that objective. And he's mm-hmm. like, I've got three guys there, and you only have two now. And you can wait till everybody finishes moving. You'd be like, I'm redeploying and move four guys yeah. onto that objective. Eat a dick. Yeah. 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 I, there's... Well, and, Go ahead. and for Spider Fang, right? Or flying models where you could do the six inch movement, right? But you could fly behind terrain. So you could bait out those units, and then all of a sudden, oh, I'm sorry, you can't charge me, or that's an impossible charge now. Yeah. Right. So there is there is some actual tactical nice use out of it, but it's it's very limited, and you really have to think about using it. And you know, it's a nice thing to be able to do if you have command points left after it's your turn, mm-hmm. because all your command points have to be used by the end of the battle round. Now, you don't get to store those. I mean, you have plenty to spend command command points on too, which is the other thing. Mm-hmm. Like you you're you're gonna have this this sort of understanding that you need to be like like be spending them always be spending them right and mm-hmm. um it's adding more decisions and when you add more decisions to the game you also help delineate skill right like you, mm-hmm. you actually infuse more of a skill onus into the game because at every decision point you can make the wrong decision and therefore mm-hmm. more skilled players are going to become more adept at making the right decisions right or, or yeah. you know lucky right you could just be lucky There's, yeah that's always a factor better lucky than good well, and and the amount of different command abilities that you have, right? It really means that you can have completely different strategies for running even the same army, right? If you're like, I want to run this army, I want to do all that attack, right? Well, I'm going to use all that during my phase, right? If I want to run this army, but I want to, you know, maybe focus on defense or focus a little bit more on saves, right? You can actually, this is a way of allowing your army list to do different things without changing your army list. Hey. Which is a little cool. Right, right. Hey, the Dice Dome with a rating party of 17. Welcome to chat, gang. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking a relaxed fit. We're, we're, we're going uh, with a relaxed take here. There are people out there who do some are doing really in-depth coverage of 3.0. I just want the sort of bare bones and, you know, what are, what are my little Mephisto-isms? You know, what, is, what does Paul and what do Dave think? So... This is about this is about adding seasoning and flavor to 3.0 takes, not doing a holistic deep dive on every aspect of it. But yeah. welcome. It's welcome. about the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the sauce. That's right. <laughs> I like that. That's becoming a meme. It's it's it started that like people are coming up with like the increasingly weirder spellings of sauce, all because I <laughs> went off on like a tirade about like hot wings or whatever. <laughs> um. All right, so yeah, movement, uh, you know, coherency. So here we come back to, um, like, how you explode, right? The coherency. Um, what is this? Remaining stationary. Yeah, uh, unit coherency is, uh, you know, nice that they, they codified that right there. Right? They said, hey, anytime you move, you got to stay coherent, right? So, like, pylons, you have to stay coherent, right? right. Uh, like, all these little little things that I feel like a lot of, a lot of people that I talk to, like try to rules lay around and I'm like, no, like there, you have to stay mm-hmm. coherent. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But well, I can, yeah, go ahead. And, and the remaining stationary is important too, because if you have an effect that says that if you move, you take damage, right? You can't move the champion from one side of the unit to the other and be like, Oh, but the unit didn't move. Right? No. If any model in the unit moves, period. Mm-hmm. Right. The bot, the unit counts as having moved. There you go. Right, uh, and then that delineates to that really nicely as well. Yeah. 
All right. Um, terrain. Hey, we have terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, flying. Uh, good change to flying, right? We have, uh, what was it? I think there was something about diagonal movement now, right? Yep. Yeah, you, you don't have ignored movement. You have diagonal movement. So you don't ignore the vertical. Now it becomes important because you have to actually, you get to use the, the short end of the, or the long end of the triangle instead of the, the two short ends. Yeah, the height, what is that? The right? hypotenuse, right? Yep. Yeah. Sure. C squared. I don't know. <laughs> A plus squared plus B squared equals C squared. That's all I know. Yes. <laughs> see, I was going to make a crack earlier. I see this is the wrong crowd. I was going to make a crack earlier about like how we now have PEMDAS. Like the uh, our order of operations for like yeah. reactions and how like please this... excuse my dear Aunt Sally yeah and I'm like we now have PEMDAS <laughs> like they gave us PEMDAS like that's our order of operations for like abilities and triggers and stuff like we we have they we someone someone should come up with like a a, a handy uh, acronym for like how that works you know give us our PEMDAS like so you know when triggers and all that stuff no okay and that's... and if it's checking the acronym has to be Souse. Souse, yeah. <laughs> Put that out there. Unleash um, the power so, of the hypotenuse on your enemies. The the one interesting thing they start doing about this is they start talking about uh when you're like when you're moving up terrain, like your base stays perpendicular to the mat, etc. Um so I know a couple of people that I watched said that they were gonna throw in like FAQs or like what happens if you can't go all the way up? Like can you not do it? Like what happens if you teleport up, do you fall? Like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's there's got to be some um, yeah, there's got to be some perhaps cleaned up here, but you know, drop down as hey, always. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, we have we haven't hit release yet, so we haven't hit the actual <laughs> yeah, intended. Any, yeah, this isn't even out rules. yet. It's funny. <laughs> That's the amusing thing about all these rules discussion is we haven't actually hit the point where all of the rules that are intended to be released for release have been released. <laughs> Yeah. Because we haven't hit release, but we found 1,700 problems that may have already been addressed. Yes, yeah. that is correct. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, that's why I like to talk about what's here as opposed to what might have been or what could, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit more focused on that. Uh, besides, it tastes more evergreen. You know, if I start complaining about all this stuff and then, like, someone comes back and watches this episode in three or four months when they have addressed a bunch of that, like, don't we look foolish, right? <laughs> um, shooting phase. Yay! <laughs> uh, so lookout, sir. Just they they added the the stipulation on wounds, right? Um, but the... they also got rid of the monster keyword. Like so, now it's not keyword based; it's just wounds. Good, cleaner. It's cleaner yeah. that way. Uh, I mean, it sucks for you if you're uh, ten wounds now, right? Like it's strictly better to be nine wounds for the most part. But yeah, yeah. Get out of here, you. Uh, what's that big Skaven thing they push around? Uh, the. They push around so many big Skaven things. There's like the Doom. I mean, there's a Screaming uh, Bell. There's a yeah, Plague Furnace. Yeah, Screaming Bell. Screaming okay. Bell used to get lookouts there. Get out of here, Screaming Bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, charge phase, the coolest phase. Um, same thing, right? Uh, in your charge phase, you can pick a friendly unit uh, that is within 12 in an enemy and attempt to charge. Um, mm-hmm. And then so on and so forth. But they give us... Uh, some order of operations type stuff, and then uh, forward to victory and or unleash hell, which are um, mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> unleash hell is uh, awesome. It's just it's that's the one that, where you're going to be using the flinger if you, you use spider fang, yeah. right? It, it it just adds some really interesting tactics and it adds some uses to models that don't necessarily get used that often. So I'm always going to be a fan of that, right? So, 
so what's interesting, by the way, with Unleash Hell is it's you don't have to be the unit that got charged for it to use nope. Unleash Hell. So you nope. can actually like classically like set up your where you classically like you know super classic battle style. You have like your spearmen or your sword and board guys in front and your gun lines behind. The mm-hmm. the the chaff or the the spear dudes can get charged, and as yep. long as you you've deployed your your gun lines to where mm-hmm. that person's gonna be within that nine inches, you can your gun lines can tee off and just pep 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 pep. It mm-hmm. it actually I know that like the 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 because we all have like the this just sort of like PTSD or this this sort of like f- just lingering fear over like the shooting meta for a year most of us didn't play Warhammer mind you um it, people are like oh man shooting got another buff got another buff but i actually yeah but i actually really like this as like uh almost like it just feels classic to me you know and it, and in a sense if everybody has it nobody has it imagine time that like uh i just like to think of the time somebody charges one of my units in nagash just like whoosh, like whip <laughs> like shoots him with the stick mm-hmm. guy <laughs> like yeah so well and and it actually it decreases the effectiveness of models on one wound, right? Like if you've got monsters or if you've got non-reducible attack profiles where they only have one or two wounds left, but they do impact hits, mm-hmm. right? You can use this command ability after an enemy unit fishes a charge move. The unit that receives the command must be within nine inches, right? So maybe you're like, okay, well, I do get to do those, those impact hits, but then I'm going to be taking something to the face immediately so i might not be able to get any of my attacks in right as opposed to especially you know like if you've got a griffin or something like that where it always attacks first it adds another level of strategy where you've got to be like okay well i need to actually be careful where i charge this in because it might get attacked before i can attack right and and that's nice so so my solution to it by the way is to just have everything you have be charging at all times ABC. Charge everything. ABC. The Duncan, yeah, the Duncan Rhodes strategy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Charge everything. <laughs> charge everything at I, all times. And and this just might make, be the... Make them the, make the, the decision of which of my, like, six units you have to shoot or deal with. Here you go. <laughs> this just might be the flesh shooter court in me, right? Uh, I, I kept looking at this as an interesting way to look at ranged attacks that don't require to hit. Right? Yep. like or like bravery based and I'm like oh cool you ran in oh well my uh, zombie dragon yeah. might just th- might just throw at you or my terror guys might just throw yeah. at you right like, yeah you you get to scream yeah. at them like you just yell at them yep. as they like attack you yeah. or they charge in at you yeah, yeah i mean yep. it, it, uh, I, people are thinking that it's like classically gun lines but mm-hmm. i think you highlight a really good point like it's not just for your yeah okay uh uh you know elves get to cheat cuz they don't care about the minus 1 penalties so they're just they're just crit fishing for mortal wounds whatever Fine, cool, whatever. That army has other problems. Um, like, namely, it just got... It's it's already been light on wounds, and it's it's just so stretched thin for, like, how many wounds it can put on the table right now. Anyway. Um, yeah, there's, there's, like, some other stuff. It's just... It, there's just a, this web of thought and play and nuance that's been breathed into the game because you have, like, essentially instant effect spells now. And everybody's got them except for Osiric Bone Reapers, conceivably. Like who knows? They might fix it. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. Hurt. They're just. 
hope I hope OBR gets like extra stuff on top because you guys raised the water. Right. Level. We yeah. Like, that's see. We raised the water level so high. They're like to reward you. Uh, you get double RDP abilities now, and like just and they're just. I they're not gonna leave us hanging. It's a one hundred percent brand new army. It, you know the wheel keeps turning. It always keeps turning. Um, I'm not too worried. It's easy to be reactionary. Uh, yeah, combat phase, fight sequence. Um. Oh, oh, one more interesting thing about shooting is you don't have to make all your shots. Mm -hmm. Like you can be like, I only want to make three or four. Like whereas mm -hmm. with combat, you have to make all your attacks. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Big buff, yeah, to thank Will. I'm telling Oof. you, like, the the opinion on Skaven right now seems pretty divided, split down the middle. Like, 50-50 people are like, oh, man, Skaven got hosed, and um, another, and the other half is like, oh, man, Skaven are, are great. So you want the Mephisto tiebreaker? Uh, Skaven, good. There you go. That's that's the uh, that's the tiebreaker. How, do you, if you guys want to weigh in, you, can, you certainly can. But I think Skaven are actually the <laughs> same place. So I, I understand I understand why people are complaining, right? Because like Skaven normally a lot of their abilities, you know, were triggering on like thirty or thirty wounds or thirty models, and they can only max out at thirty models, right? But they're going to fix that, right? Um, I think theoretically all the Skaven guns are so much better now. Like that's just super cool. Like if I come in and charge in, and you're like, oh, by the way, this uh, warp fire throw is just going to nuke that unit. Have fun. No, like, like I mean, Stormfiends. Well, because the game got more elite in general. Like, six Storm Fiends is just... They're even scarier. They pretty much could delete just about anything before anyway with proper buffs. And, like, n now six of them are basically guaranteed to nuke your MSU unit. The problem they have now is, like, having enough targets to shoot to earn their value back. <laughs> like, cause, yeah, that, like, you can only kill, like, a derpy 110 or 120 block of things a turn, you know, or you know, split fire, but then you have to guess right. So nine storm fiends, uh, average dice takes out a mega gargant, just full to dead. <laughs> um, if Nagash is specifically in Ossiarch bone reapers, uh, he has a 50, 50 chance of living or being on four wounds, uh, from nine. He's the only thing cause he can get his five up after save, but yeah, they delete a mega gargant a turn. So, so like think about the, the way that that, Simplified, by the way, we're we're doing like math hammer and theory hammer now, but yeah. effectively, what's happening in a in a in a Gargant versus like Skaven are, uh, game is you deploy and you know you're both trying to get the the one up on each other, and if the fiends are protected and able to drop the way they want to, they're going to pop a Gargant a turn, just pew, pew, pew. It just and then you're just going to play a race race against the clock. Like, can I score enough points before I'm tabled? <laughs> yeah, the the only the only thing that saves that Gargan is if you take that uh, Destiny enhancement. You're like, I got a five-up ward on this guy. He's going to live on four wounds. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's uh, they, can go, they can go to nine. You can double reinforce Storm Fiends. Are they battle line? In Scryer. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Nice. Um, fight sequence. Yeah, you fight. You pass. If you pass, you do nothing. And the option to fight or pass goes back to your opponent. If both players mm -hmm. pass in succession, comet phase ends. So this is actually like really cool because there was the it didn't say I couldn't do that 
arguments that used to happen with like fight sequences before where you like you would you know and it's just nice to have this codified it's nice to have it codified that if you made a charge move in the same turn and it has not fought in that phase right so if you make a charge move but you're more than three inches away you can still pile in up to three inches if something happened and stuff was removed right which is something that you would do before with coherency where you could like oh i'm going to take away this thing over here and all of a sudden, that unit is within three inches. And you're like, well, the rules don't say I can't do it. So, But now they've made it very clear in here of like, nope, you get to, to do that still. You get to activate. You still get to pile in if you made a successful charge, even if the unit, the unit that you charged against has moved out of the half-inch range or, you know, you still get to pile in, Yeah, yeah which is nice. This also, uh, this also uh, 100%... Uh ends the conversation forever about like van hells where like you charge you wipe the unit and then you take your mm-hmm. second pile in anyway like yeah <laughs> like, like... <laughs> <laughs> um uh, so vanilla sauce has requested that i do an asmr reading of pile in because i'm gonna go get a drink <laughs> so uh i'm gonna use the bathroom i'll be right back <laughs> so so hey chat gang just you and me now <clears throat> 12.2 pile in you can move a model, making a pylon move up to, up to three inches. When you make a pylon move with a model, it must finish the move no further from the nearest enemy unit than it was at the start of the move. Is that good? Did we good? So really, the important thing here is uh, the no further and unit. Oh. Put it in my veins. The one change, the one change I wanted for this this edition was cleaned up pylon. We talked about like rules bloat and the game taking longer in various other ways. Um, I I said like the the game can afford to get longer and take longer in other areas if they clean up the thing that takes the longest, which is moving and piling in, specifically piling in. In an ideal world, I lean back with, like, a snifter of brandy and a pool cue thing that the old-timey generals use on their little maps. And I just kind of, like, go like that, like it's, like, a shuffleboard, you know? And, like, and I just push, like, a, a fatty block of skeletons for, forward. Yeah, I was, I was, if you didn't say it, I was going to. I was like, you're one step closer to your just pull cue push models. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, capital move, capital move. You, you know, like, just snifter, like, can't wait. Um, This is fantastic. The, this is this was, like, top of my wish list for, for, for new rules was a cleaned-up pylon. We had one sweet, sweet day, or, like, one sweet, sweet month uh, in 2.0 where pylon was like, yeah. And hang the banner, mission accomplished, this is it. This is, this is the biggie. The game, and I bet you anyone who's played 3.0 so far can attest that Pylon just like sped up the game so much with this. This one change, the change from model to unit alone, like worlds of difference. And then the uh, the no further from, which is essentially cleaning up some of the like the weird we were worried about, like taking your six Must inch be closer than yeah, yeah, your six inch and you, you so. So this is this is good. This is a good. 
good form, Peter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, good form, Peter. Good form. Like, and then just like everyone's got monocles and brandy suddenly. Like, th- th- that's how we play now. This is this is how we play. <laughs> uh, and how's it going, uh, Princess Wigglebum? <laughs> Sorry about the ASMR, but but vanilla sauce made me do it. And then uh, 12.4 is what we were talking about before, where they give us, like, our stack for combat. Yeah. So now you mm-hmm. got your combat stack. Um, so start of combat uh, uh, phase, abilities are used. So all of the abilities get triggered, essentially. Right? Super important. Units with strike first effects, attack. Units without strike first, attack. Units with strike last, attack. And the combat phase abilities are used. Clean. Perfection. You know? Like, excellent. My favorite part there is now if we both have strike first, it goes back to I go, you go, right? It's right. not like all of my stuff goes, and then maybe you can yeah. go. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's this is good. This is um. Remember when they gave us a snarky flowchart that didn't really solve anything? <laughs> yeah, way better than a snarky flowchart. Three point outs. Seal of approval. Quote, way better than a snarky flowchart. There you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> like if I'm like on the on like the cover of the book with like a thumbs up and then like the quotation mark. <laughs> 3.0, way better than a snarky flowchart. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I, I could do better. I, I feel like I want to. No, I'll, I'll do the ASMR read through of these rules like in totality later when I have like five hours to just read a book. Um <laughs> and then eat some pickles. Oh yeah, and the, you gotta get like and blow in people's ears and shit like that. Or the, the like, yeah. oh man, I I heard ASMR streams like help. I I'm an insomniac. Everyone knows this. Uh, is this rabbit hole three or four tonight? Don't know. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, the um, they they said like try ASMR streams. It might help you with your insomnia. They gave me fucking anxiety. Like I was just like, <laughs> like just couldn't handle it although there is a, a a book reader stream that i really like um like she she reads dr seuss books and she's really cool but <laughs> uh, one, one of the most interesting things i ever had for that is uh my buddy uh came back with ptsd right and so like one of the things that they they recommended or one of the things that really helped him was uh falling asleep listening to someone read right for, for some reason that really helped with him so he would take his audible account Right. And he, you know, he'd, he'd get that. He would have it read. He'd be like, Alexa, read this to me. But he would set like a sleep timer to it. So he would just read un- for like, read this to me for like 30 minutes. And then he would just fall asleep and then it would just shut off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, oh, it's like super interesting. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause it's kind of like when you leave the TV on, like you, you fall into a sleep, but sometimes you don't get that like that deep, deep sleep. And like you still hear noises in the room. So you're kind of like, um, you're still in your state of vigilance. Right or right, where you could end up in your state of vigilance, which is you know hypervigilance is part of the package for insomniacs and people with PTSD. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Uh, technology. Remember when I was being a curmudgeon about like physical books earlier and how they're way yeah. better? This is an example of when technology helps us. Um. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Zennials, the sleep timers are a thing that are in your TV <laughs> and on your projector, and this is why. All right, that's what we're talking about right now. I'm sorry you don't have any understanding of what's going on, but this is a real thing. Oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts so good. 
Um, Sirdar Winning. Uh, Mr. Mephisto, nothing will top the snarky diagram for hanging Alarial off the edge of, for me to... Oh, man, that one was good, too. <laughs> They're like, here, endanger your $200 model. That is worth more than that because you painted it. Like, this is effectively priceless to you because of how much time you put into this model. Amazing. Oh, this took a turn. <laughs> I leave to load the car, and now we're at ASMR Pickles. Welcome to Rantcast. First time? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, fall asleep uh, to my Audible. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Shoutouts to those that use Audible to fall asleep. Um. So, all right. I mean, it sounds like something cool. I have this unnatural superpower where I can just go to sleep. Like my wife hates me. Like, sorcery. but I'm just like, I, sorcery. Yeah, I just like, hey, I'm gonna go to sleep now. And she's like, what? And she's like, and like two minutes later, you're snoring. I'm like, oh. and <laughs> you were. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. You. You want a bastard? I agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> amazing well like there's people who like get tired at night like brendan he has to go to bed at like eight o'clock or something i'm like you know we're playing in like D D games and stuff like that and you just you know because the game goes to like 10 o'clock and like you'd i'd watch this person get tired and i'm like that happens for you before like midnight like i i've been crushed by my work week i haven't had a, a weekend off in two of them now um, it's looking like I'm going to have to work through this this weekend, this week as well, both days, again. Um, and, like, I, I still can't get to bed. I st like, it's it's not working. Um, I'm wired right now. I'm exhausted, but I'm, you know, here we are. I even cut coffee. I finally cut coffee out. I haven't had coffee in the, the, all this whole week. I was hoping it would help. I know. So, yeah, I, you, you want to know a secret? What's that? Whenever I stop talking on the Mortal Realms for extended periods, it's because I've fallen asleep. Amazing. <laughs> While we're recording the podcast, you I'm can so you sorry. can you can <laughs> fall asleep doing things too. <laughs> like it'd be like Davey be sitting next to me, just going like eh. <laughs> again, and like I'll wake up for the wrap up because I'm like, oh, it's important. I gotta I gotta say something now. <laughs> okay, so rabbit hole number 507 so like uh yeah, yeah. for all my army veterans and stuff out there who have been through similar situations right so um i was i was combo in the army right but i was uh so we would set up two shots right two radio shots um but i was the slave to the link so i couldn't tell the other side what to do right i could only react right even if they were doing something stupid like we weren't technically allowed to do any of that so one shot we were up for uh, it took us 38 hours to get it in. And the rule that my sergeant had was if you're like the senior person, you don't go to sleep until this, like the shot comes in. You don't have to do anything else. When, when you the say shot, shot what, what, do you, what do you mean by shot? Just real quick. Like, uh, so we would put up radio antennas, uh -huh. right? And so you would have to align the radio antennas. Then you'd have to make sure that everything matched up and that every you had the certain amount of wavelengths and everything hit. Right. Okay. Like so, just just so like the shot is an off. audio blast, basically. Like that. Yeah, basically. Like I was basically a telephone service. Like we would set up things, and I had a switchboard in the other van. Like um, so we would, but we had to put up radio antennas. I keep raising my hands up now that I don't know if anybody can see, but you had to put up radio antennas. They had to be focused on the same thing. You had to have the same dishes, etc. Mm -hmm. But this one time, it took forever, and it ended up being like they had a bad radio. But like I got to the point where I was so tired that like. 
I would close my eyes and I swear I could see everything else that was happening, but my eyes were closed. So I didn't realize my eyes were closed. Like, and people would be like, Blender, Blender, wake up. And I'd be like, oh, hey, uh, so yeah. And they're like, well, what was I doing then? And I was like, well, you raped your hand, you did this, you did this. And they were like, what the fuck? Your eyes were closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy town. Um, uh, Razor Tree dropping a thousand RDP to remind everyone the chat gang ain't nothing to mess with. Old cast. Yeah, that's it. I'm switch. I'm going to go ahead and delete. Uh, if I could figure out how to change titles on my technology internet box here, I would switch the title to say uh, old cast and not relax cast. Um, <laughs> not a word of a lie. <laughs> uh, I would actually take naps as a kid. I also slept for almost an entire car ride from Illinois to Texas as a kid. I love being able to fast forward time. I, I have that power, but only when I'm really drunk. Um, like I just like I, I I'll be at one bar and then it'll suddenly be an hour and I'm at another bar. Time travel, boom! <laughs> Thank you for the pity laugh. Thank you. <laughs> you in a telephone booth when this happens? Sometimes. <laughs> maybe maybe you have a TARDIS all of your own. Yeah, there and you are. just can't remember it unless you're drunk. That's that's what it is. I think that you know what you've just solved my so like the couch thing. I'll be talking about the Rainbow Bridge and my TARDIS, and yeah. we have we have figured it out tonight. <laughs> there you go. It's it's alcohol imbued memories, right? You can only access them when you've had alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, mental health problems solved tonight on Relax Cast. All right, so thirteen, we've got attacking. Uh, they talk about attacks, weapons, armed missile weapons, melee weapons, right? Um, Pretty straightforward. Pick a target. What's a target? Shooting attacks. This is where you get the uh, range, visibility, how many shots you, you can fire. Um, minimum range, etc., etc. Uh, anything in here we, we, we need to highlight? Uh, no, I think they, they, cleared, they cleared up some of the rules with the combined attacks. It was just the same thing we were all doing, but like they codified it. Yeah, okay. Uh, attack sequence. Um, Go ahead. Well, so way back when, when we were talking about abilities and effects, right? It's okay, Tectonic Craft. I thought he was making a Bill and Ted reference too, and it turned out it was TARDIS. He like took a left turn on me. <laughs> it's okay. I I did the same thing. Go on. <laughs> um. So abilities and effects covers everything that is not specifically listed as a melee weapon. Or a, a, a missile weapon, right? So we're getting that all covered again, and we're talking about the ability and then the effect. And we're so we're actually not being like, oh, these things that just happen in the shooting phase. Now, these are abilities that have effects, and the ability tells you when it happens, and the effect tells you what it happens. So everything's actually getting talked about as to what's happening and when it's happening and why it's happening then, right? Which is nice. Right. I like that a lot. Yeah, A plus good codification. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, my uh, my goatee's turning white in in places, so like my hair is like super like a super dark like chestnut brown, um, nothing pristine. But my my beard, which always runs a little red, uh, is starting to get like white flecks in it. So it's uh, white beard. Thank you. Uh, not green yeah. Beard. I got a I got a little white here. <laughs> my hair is still fine. It's just. My widow's peak is getting deeper and deeper. <laughs> so, uh, are you full Vegeta or like half Vegeta right now? Uh, like, 
we're at half, so I think it was back, a half, yeah. a half Vegeta about, yeah. <laughs> you got to talk to Snoop Dogg when you get to the full Vegeta. I hear he has like some pills or something like that. Uh... <laughs> no matter what, Snoop Dogg always is going to have some pills or something I hear. I, I, I don't I think the... it matters what situation you're in. I, I love the, uh, the the internet meme I saw for Snoop Dogg is like people were, someone was like criticizing like all the different things Snoop Dogg's done. And it's like, dude, he completed the game. He's just going back and cleaning up the side quests now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like... I mean, he made friends with Martha Stewart. Like, what else are you going to Yeah. I, yeah. I don't even know what to do from there. Yeah, no, he's, he he already won the game of life, and now he's just, like, cleaning up some side quests and stuff. It's what you do. Where did you get his strategy guide, and how do I buy it? Prima, apparently, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Snoop Dogg that's, plus. plus. There you go, Snoop Dogg plus. That's a... <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a callback. Callback. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> veterans of radio broadcast here all right um attack sequence uh wound save um this is where we get the uh plus one minus one hit stuff mm-hmm. uh plus one minus one wound stuff and then we get the uh sort of save roll uh uh save roll exception all right um what's important here is the ones and sixes always fail and succeed respectively um I mean, that's like a throttle mechanism already on penalties and bonuses. So, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just, uh, I think that this is trying to nip NPE in the, some of the NPE in, in the bud that we felt from like, like absurd bonuses, quite frankly. Um, this is one of those things I don't have an opinion on. It's just cool. Well, I, I, yeah, I think a lot of it is a lot of units still have the on an unmodified roll of a six. Right, and it makes it a lot easier to counteract that, mm-hmm. right? And it makes it, yeah, yeah. That's all. I mean, it's cool. I like it. Yep. Talks about how uh, you. I think. Like... Go ahead. I think this fixes that stupid Bastilladon one plus thing, though, doesn't it? One plus armor save uh, because yeah. an unmodified save roll of one always fails. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So Bastilladon fixed. Um, what's damage, so on and so forth. Then we get attack command abilities, all out attack, all out defense. Um, mm-hmm. so importantly, you pick it when you uh, choose your unit, or uh, when your unit is choosed, uh, uh, is is selected as the, uh, you know, to be attacked. So you you choose it then, and that's I think the most important part is that you're, we've the logical moment when you think you should use it as opposed to at the beginning of the combat phase, then you do the, th- you know, like you have to buffer it out. So I like that. Yeah. I, I, I now use it how I'm supposed to be instead of cheating all the other times I played it. Cause I always just played it like this. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to use my, <laughs> well, this goes, this goes to the, uh, to the, to the, uh, uh, Mark Rosewater, like rules of, you know, 20, 20 lessons I've learned from 20 years of magic, uh, designing magic, the gathering or whatever. He says, if players keep playing an ability a certain way, then write the ability that way. Like if they yep. just, if they do that, then you, then, then you, you know, like there's some logic. It doesn't matter the intent, right? Yeah. After that point, like if your players are just always going to insist, so then you write the rule to be that way. And this is, this is that, right? Like, um, a healthy, you know, the, the the intent of you know what are rules rules are the way like they're just this sort of uh shared dialogue or, or a shared lexicon of how we know to interface with the game together right 
Um, and just like in language, you know, you have like colloquialisms and shorthand and all these things that are like perfectly good language techniques, right? And in rules, we start to kind of like our brain, because everything has to be codified when we're playing a game, like we're less forgiving to some of that wiggle room in rules. And I get rightfully so, you know, you come from UK and I come from America and, you know, we have a bunch of different, you know, things going on culturally speaking and we need to have some common ground to meet and play the, this game together um that's what rules do for you um but like thinking of rules as these like immutable shiftless like mountains that you know, that's the wrong way to think about rules and what is even good design like um i i did my design show a little while ago where i talked about like literal like aristotle and and descartes and first principles of design and uh, you know, a bunch of stuff. So I covered that. And, and if you have, if you have not watched that show, go back and watch that show. Like phenomenal show. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I, like I don't toot my horn too much, but that one I thought was pretty good. I had the, that's why you have me on here. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Hype man. Uh, what AOS model would have the most gnarly old man eyebrows? Kairos. Yeah. I could almost like a, like a Skeksis. Like a, like yeah. almost like a, like a Skexis and Dark Crystal, like and just like nar. Go ahead. What's your? I mean, your, yeah. Kragnos literally has horns made out of his eyebrows. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, I uh, that's, that's you, fair. you both win. Um, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, catching up. Uh, it's the removal of lowering a dice roll below one. Being out of one that fixed uh, Bastillon. All right, um, wounds, allocating wounds, slain models. Here we go. We've got our slain language again. Returning slain models. Mm-hmm. So um, they just made this a general rule, which is nice. Well, they also, if you read it, it says, set up the models one at a time within one inch of a model from their unit that was not returned to the unit earlier in the phase. Yeah. No longer can you start conga lining yeah. out. No to fun allowed. Unit. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you you couldn't tie another unit anyway because you you couldn't set them up within three inches of a unit that you weren't already in combat with before. Yeah. Well, but but you could tie up other mod, models in that unit, right? So if you had one model in three inches, you could go through and you could pin another model by making yeah. that the closest one. Sure, but I mean that. But, that's fine. That's you can fine. still do that. You can, you can still do that as long as you're within an inch of someone who's already there. But you have them. to be within an inch. So you can't just like bring back, you know, like seven sure. models and make a line. And yeah, which what is what I did at ACO. <laughs> what you're going to be doing is, is reinforcing your ranks effectively is, is how you're going to bring it out a little bit and reinforce your ranks. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to kind of grow almost like organically now instead yep. of like turn into these weird lines. By the way, well, uh, this is a bad change. I hate it. Um, <laughs> Make conga lines great again. <laughs> well, it also means that you really have to consider when you're fighting in between pieces of terrain. If you've got pinch points, you might not have a place to place these models because everything has to be within one inch of a model that was not slain. Yeah. So you're going to have to choose where you're taking your casualties in order to make sure that you can place them back again. Because once you remove the second rank from a unit... All of a sudden, you've removed possibly three or four models that can't be brought back. Mm-hmm. So this actually makes removing models really, really tactical, even though we didn't have that, even though, you know, it's not the same tactical that it was from 2.0. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I hate it. It's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, honestly, it's 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 uh, it, it, if this makes people let me play undead the way undead's meant to be played with less complaints, then it's a win for me. Like I get to like regen mm-hmm. stuff, and it's you know a lot of like the summoning and in, in death, I think has a lot of really good throttling mechanisms to keep you from going too op or too out mm-hmm. of bounds. And this is just reinforcing that for me at a core rule point. I mean, this language is already in the language for uh, our death regenerations in Soulblood Gravelords. Uh, it is not in there for Ossiac Bone Reapers, however, so this is an important um, important distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, returning slain models, yeah, so we get that. Um, wards. We now have the word. It is officially a ward save. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was unofficially a death save because we did it Best, first, best. biggest, baddest, strongest. But uh, now it's a ward save. Uh, we have a language for it. This is this is important. This is good. Um, also, it clearly states wound and mortal wound or mortal wound. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So reinforcing that it's supposed to be used for both. And we shouldn't theoretically be getting any rules anymore that have that gap when it's supposed to be a ward save. Right. Right. All right, it's been a lovely night. Good night. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Um, healing wounds. Yeah, so some abilities allow you to heal wounds. Yeah, can't heal wounds if they're slain. Uh, again, a lot of the language on things that like can return or heal tends to say return or heal. So, um, but yeah, we got to have the words for it. And then mortal wounds. Um... Yeah, just bypass. Yeah. Battleshock phase. Someone want to uh, f- uh, field this one? I mean, it's a Battleshock phase. Uh, this is where we see that that flee and, and stuff again, as opposed to slain, right? Right. Also, the huge one that everyone talked about, right? Inspiring presence, right? We can only use once. Yay! Importantly, you use it. I mean, you use it at the start of the start of the Battleshock phase, right? Um, that's. You know where that's used. I know there's some, some other battle shock immune abilities are used in the hero phase, like from like unit champion or from like some unit command ability type stuff. Like there's some bubbles that yeah, Nagashes, for instance. Uh, you use that. You would you use his reroll ones to hit, reroll ones to save, and battle shock immune. You use his in in the uh, in the hero phase, not in the uh, battle shock phase. So they're just important to keep in mind. Some order of operations, some PEMDAS, if you will. Um, Split units, talking about what to do with coherency again. Uh, so like you can't battle shock yourself out of coherency, or you gotta or C one dot three dot three. You're gonna pop more models, right? Yep. Yeah, and just clarifying as well, the slain model is returned to its unit in the same turn that it is slain. It still counts as having been slain in that battle round for the purposes of battle shock tests. Interesting. Right, just stating it very clearly that, like, yeah, well, even if you bring it back, it it still counts as having been killed, mm-hmm. right? Skeletons. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, uh, and then end of the battle round, the cleanup phase, if you will. Um, once the battle shock's done, the players check the battle play uh, battle pack uh, they're using to see any special stuff. Um, important to say that hey there's a cleanup phase there's a um i use magic as a shorthand um but all right terrain um 
anything worth mentioning with terrain? I guess um, you get you get cover from being behind, and now you can have scattered terrain that's purely decorative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, where is it? Large and very large terrain. Seventeen point one point three. Terrain big, features yeah. that are extremely big. Terrain feature more than twelve inches and up to nineteen inches across. At its widest point is a large terrain feature. Terrain feature that is more than 19 inches across at its widest point is a very large terrain feature. <laughs> what very large terrain features do we have that are currently on sale from G-Dub? The, uh, is, is the Corn Castle still on sale? The Dread Hole. I don't think so. Maybe? But it's, it's interesting because those are no longer individual pieces. Mm. Right? Like not each specific piece of terrain, then then you're going to count the whole thing together, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, uh, David Griffin, the uh, TO for Nashcon, uh, has just this majestic, massive terrain piece that he he crafted together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that I'm might not be more than 19 inches. Well, but it it allows for you know, say for narrative events or for match play events, it allows for some massive pieces of terrain and oh no the rules still say you can build those and here's how we allow you to do that right and that's just cool anything that uh, that makes epic things possible sounds amazing and you could just combine things together and be like this is one very large piece of terrain and this is in the middle or whatever of the table right there are now rules for that and you don't have to make up rules for how that thing works anymore which is cool, and yeah. I like that. No, no. Yeah, the 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 dreadhold is completely gone off the website. <laughs> Aw, rip. Press, so press yeah. <laughs> well, and so the question then is, so why are they putting that in there? Where where those rules become necessary? Are you are you teasing me? Is are we expecting a bunch of nineteen inch terrain to be released from GW? Are they finally releasing my mecca, like my my necropolis? I don't know. They said didn't didn't exist. I legitimately <laughs> don't know, but I'm wondering if that's going to be something introduced. Okay, so like here's the thing: even if it didn't exist, and they just like piecemeal yep. put it together, the interest in it has to have had them like, okay, we got to get this thing together and sell it, right? Like that's yeah. my little tinfoil hat conspiracy mind, like where I'm like, come on, yeah, like I would throw money at my screen, like giggling as games workshop giggles and playfully asks me to stop if mm-hmm. they've released that terrain set yeah i mean if they did that whole did you, like... you heard the story about how that got designed right they needed a photo well, well not everyone has so go ahead i am the audience's proxy here tell me uh my understanding is that basically one of the designers saw the models and was like this needs some terrain so he went off in his lunch hour and he made the wall He's just like, I'm just going to design this. And then they just like resin printed it. And they're like, okay, well, we got one. We might as well use it for pictures because it's super cool. And then when everybody went like, what are you going to release this? They're like, no, 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 this didn't even come from the right studio. And this is not the right guy. This is just a cool thing we made. So, yeah, but it's that's in, it. It's in the like, it's in the concept art video, like the video where it's like, it, it's mm-hmm. like uh, when Catacross first starts talking in the beginning and they show like, uh, I think they show a uh, act, uh, What's his name? Uh, Vok Mordian. They show Vok Mordian. They show the wall. Like it's in the like the video. Like, but if but if you made that right, <laughs> if you had that sitting in the studio, 
How could you not include that in the videos for how awesome it looks? I, and the, I, and yeah, you're right. You're right. But, like, now you've got us all hyped. It's not even just, yeah. like, the OBR players who are, like, in on the aesthetic. I think... I think the uh, community in general is like, yeah, we want that. Like, Just make it print to order. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll print money, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Um, they're releasing a uh, second floor with ladders and tunnels to simulate a cave fight and sell a second <laughs> battle mat. Oh, like, like, it's just like they have a, they sell you a battle mat with holes cut out so you can like play on like three, like the uh, Star Trek like chess. <laughs> um, the other kind of interesting thing hey, is that while, oh, Joel. go ahead, sorry, go ahead. All, all woods, all forests and woods are now called wild woods. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Change. Um, and everything inside of the circle is, Mild and terrain features are formed into a circle with an area of open ground inside the circle. Area of open ground inside the circle is considered to be part of the wildwood terrain feature. Visibility between two models is blocked if a straight line, blah, 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 et cetera, right? But that means that even if you make homemade, homemade woods, they count as wildwoods, right? Forest and woods in games of Warhammer Age of Sigmar are called wildwoods. Oh, Sylvanath are, are back, baby, by the way, mm -hmm. like in 3.0. The, uh, yeah. The change to not blocking their line of sight was practically the only change they needed, um, mm -hmm. but also some of the like the general changes, the points they they are favorable favorable for that army. Like I'm looking at, to my mind, I don't know that there's again we're resetting our brains for three O right like we're resetting. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's an army out the gates that truly struggles, like not that there aren't winners and losers. But I'm like, what's the one that really sticks out? Fire Slayers, perhaps? Because the mi reinforcement units and uh, coherency, like, maybe they got spanked a little bit. But as far as I know, only one person in the actual universe was really, truly playing them. Hi, Kenny. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, I mean, Corn is. Corn got, like. Corn got like a smattering of hit, uh, of hits and buffs too, though. So like it, like Corn mm -hmm. feels like it's in a weird place. But a lot of the things that suck for it suck for everybody, and so I don't know. Maybe Corn got got hit a little bit, but those are the only two that come to to mind immediately. I mean, we we don't know. Like I said, we, we don't we even don't, have the rules know. yet. Yeah, we don't. For day know. one, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I feel like any of the any of the ones that relied heavily on battalions feel feel definitely feel them. Right? Yeah, they're they're wondering where they. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, gar joining a garrison, leaving a garrison. We have piles and piles of rules text on that sh stuff still. Mm -hmm. um, All of a sudden, we've got garrison buildings again. Yep. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> it's it's a thing. Hooray! Yeah. Um. Demolish. Sometime a rule will allow you to demolish a terrain piece. <laughs> uh, objectives. So I like that. This is huge, by the way. I don't know that people realize that them moving objectives like into the core rules on how they're scored, etc., etc., is a big deal. Because they've mm -hmm. kind of treated objectives on a case-by-case basis of the battle plan yep. it's so much better to have a codified this is how they work and then write the exception into the battle plan 
than it is to write a bunch of different stuff all the time. This is, uh, like, command abilities all over again. How it was really weird to us for a whole generation of Age of Sigmar that they didn't cap all command abilities being able to, like, tap multiple times. They went back and wrote, and basically wrote the exception a million times that you can't do it. And it's like, well, at that point when you're writing, you can't double tap most of the abilities and only letting a few of them through that can be, you have done this wrong. Like, you needed to write... You can't use all command abilities more than once unless otherwise stated. You needed to say that. That needed to be the rule. And then you worry about the exceptions. Same thing going on here with objectives. So, big, big, big... I mean, this is just quality of life right here. Mm -hmm. And it, this and is... Yeah, this is... This is the way that everybody was playing it. Right? Now we've made it. So everybody's playing it the way everybody's playing it, right? Uh, it just, yeah. like you said, making the exception being an actual exception by saying this is what normally happens. Right. Right. And the other thing that this does is for, again, for beginning players and stuff like that, right? You can use a battle pack or you can just use these rules, right? The battle packs can play off of these or you can just play games. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that a lot. Right. Uh, the other thing I, I almost forgot, you talking about this reminded me of a sort of a separate but but worthy point on these, is you gain control of the, your objectives, basically, at the, mm -hmm. like, sort of at the beginning of the game. So you just, like, you have that stuff. It encourages mm -hmm. the mobility of the game. So, like, you get to, like, boom, you, you've got it, you deployed, like, you have your objectives, now fight! Like, it's making the game more, more uh, interactive. It's kind of forcing the hand. It's making you play the game of Age of Sigmar sooner. As opposed to, like, unintentionally encouraging you to sit back a turn, you know, and delaying the game happening for one extra turn effectively mm -hmm. is what they, what they, the way they were written did before. And quite frankly, it encouraged people to play castle builds and castle builds. Unless like teaching new players to favor playing castles is doing a disservice to new players. They're not learning a more a deeper version of the game like that being active and being proactive in the game you're teaching them to like try to kind of wait for a win which is not teaching people how to it's it's a it's a tool in the tool belt of experienced players to like learn how to do and to like like hey if you find out you love defensive armies and castle styles yes but you end up doing a disservice to yourself because you don't master the sort of breakdown as uh, I've heard it called before that sort of like late game where you're sort of scrambling for a couple points to win you don't really master the breakdown. You don't understand how to be the beatdown, how to be the aggressor, how to be the person dictating the game, which is a dis again a disservice. So this is this is another one of those like kind of like small, mostly a codification thing, but it teaches you to play the game better. It just straight up teaches you to play the game of Age of Sigmar better. Yeah, I think it's huge. But this means my Kraken eaters can kick objectives turn one instead of I have to sit here. Okay, thanks. <laughs> they wrote it. Yep. They wanted that to be a thing. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I I'm every time uh, a a pack of storm friends shoots off a mega gargant, I just giggle. I I know it's really <laughs> when it happens across the across the globe. Um, I just know, and then I'm like, <laughs> like whatever I'm doing, I just start like giggling. <laughs> At ACO, Lady Oender took down a mega gargant. It was my proudest what? moment of the tournament. Nice. I mean, it was like the last wound, but hey. Still? Yeah. Yeah. Lift the veil, 
D6 mortal wounds once a game. Yep. You are you are technically correct. The best kind <laughs> of correct. Uh, terrain control. Um. So this is yeah. a yeah defensible terrain, and sometimes battle plans say this, so we got to talk about it. Wizards, wizards cast spells. Miscasts are. Uh, yep. Yay! Uh, but they're not. They're the boring kind of miscast. It's not the fun miscasting. This is. I just don't like the wait, fact wait, that you can't wait. attempt to cast any more spells, right? Like, you want more rules, boat? Is that what you're saying right now? I want the fun miscast. This is the boring miscast. Yeah, yeah. If it's you just, want another chart. Yeah, if it's just numbers, get the fuck out. Like, if you're going to like, <laughs> if you're going to say no fun allowed, it literally says here, right here, where does it say? Oh, no fun allowed after you miscast. It says that's the words verbatim. I have them. Nineteen point one point two point one. Yeah, it says no fun allowed <laughs> if you miscast. Is that's, yeah. you all see it right here, right? Um, gross. And then it, this also punishes uh, like casters like Nagash, who just Good. like Good. no, no, <laughs> drop his points if you're gonna punish him like f in sixteen different ways for like. I don't know. I feel. Come I on. feel like if you're a god, you should be immune to miscasts. I mean, Teclas is because he just assigns four spells that work. This is dumb. This is. Dumb, I hate it. <laughs> I think uh, it is nice to have some consequence for casting a gajillion spells. If you don't want me casting a gajillion spells, don't write a war scroll with he casts gajillion spells. That's fair. <laughs> but he's a god. This is a lore-based game what? with miniatures that were designed to reflect and the lore. The god does should he have look miscast. like he should cast a gajillion spells? Yeah, he does. He's got nine books spiraling around them. Each one of them is just well, firing off spells. Well, spoiler. <laughs> look, look. Yeah, Those we get it. Teclas is anti-literacy. Okay, like he's basically a fascist. <laughs> Every child left behind. There you go, Teclas. Yeah, Teclas, that loser. Um, I. This is I. I hate this. This grinds my gears. It's just like it. the great Shelfomancer continues to collect dust. Like, this is... Boo! Boo this rule! Boo! Again, if you're going to have a miscast table, have it be a table. Like, on a... Okay, if you roll snake eyes, this happens. On a one, then it's the no fun allowed thing. And on a six, like, there's a fucking black sun. Like, just fucking... You accidentally, like, cast a fucking shyish like sun on the table like that would be metal this is not metal <laughs> uh, i like it as all um but this is where we get unbinding unbinding rolls right and then we talk about priests too Wizard priest, and we, we get those delineations again, making it just more clear of exactly what's going on and how it's working, which is super nice. Yeah. And uh, David, you wanted to talk about Arcane Bolt, and you wanted to model a Nagash with eight I, swirling balls of death. I do. I I, I love. I, I understand. Like this isn't as cool as having the eighteen inch range before, but I just love the fact that you could just have an Arcane Bolt sitting there, and it's. Once you've cast it, like, it's until your next hero phase, any phase, right? So, so if you get charged, you can be like, pew, 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 pew. or if you charge into someone, pew, 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 pew. or, you know, you just move a little bit and you're like, you know, you know I'm just, no, now I'll just dink off a couple of them. So, so for, uh, this is a good talking point for me. So Arcane Bolt, um, 
got nerfed, but got better. Okay? Like, that's my ultimate hot take on this. Like, there's a couple corner situations where it is it is, it is is improved over just being able to arcane bolt somebody. You know, remember, like, arcane bolt on basically every other wizard's spell scroll is virtually useless. It's a really cool spell for specifically Nagash. Right. And that's what kind of is lame about this type of change, by the way, in terms of, like, they changed an entire generic rule for one overcosted wizard that is going to see limited play. Um, I, I don't, I'm I, getting whiplash right now. Because, yeah. like, you were just singing the praises of Nagash, and now you're flipping around and saying they shouldn't have changed the rules just for Nagash. Um, so, I am not internally inconsistent on this, because I love <laughs> Nagash, and that is unimpeded by All anything. Right. Okay? Um, but but I gotta like talk butt. about rules when I play games. So um no, Arcane Bolt like basically got changed for Nagash and for his like minigun thing, which was and again, it's really cool now. I actually like the you know, cast on a five. At twelve inches you kind of finish off that one thing, right? You just pew, like you finish it off with a mortal wound. Um and then like you get the guaranteed D three if it's if it's in combat with you. This is mm-hmm. a cool spell, like how it oh. functions. Absolutely. I really like it because you don't have to be in range in the hero phase only. Right. Right. And that's awesome. Yeah. Because it uh, it allows a lot more flexibility and it may be your only spell that allows you to do that. So your caster can cast a spell even if they're out of range and have something to do. That to me makes it cool for every wizard. Right. Right, and not just for Nagash. So, so the people who talk about like how um, I do not want to charge magic missile Nagash as a as a cabbage, the thing mm-hmm. is, is I I shot eighteen, I shot your cabbage off at eighteen inches already, with mm-hmm. it before. Like the, the there's a really like I don't want to charge the guy. I mean, we were talking about the difference between proactive and reactive. Mm-hmm. I'm giving my opponent choices when I queue up a billion, uh, like stuff. Like I'm giving them oh, yeah. choice. Whereas before with an eighteen inch arcane bolt chain gun you had no choice mm-hmm. you deployed or you got owned and mm-hmm. now it's like you're adding in extra decision points that my opponent is in control and i don't like that as a like someone who likes to be like sort of like the beat down and the controller of of the yeah. of, of my own fate um mm-hmm. again corner cases it's gonna be it is better because mm-hmm. of like i want to hold this objective and you're out Side of 18, you've probably got to teleport. You've got some shenanigans or some tricks. And so I'm on this objective. Like, come get it, right? Like, there are mm-hmm. cases where, it's, where it is better. That's why, again, it got nerfed, but it's better. Mm-hmm. And that's it's yeah. a hard hard thing to reconcile in people's minds because the gameplay is more interesting. Mm-hmm. I, right. It's, it's why do I dislike miscast but like this? It's more interesting. Inter- interesting, not boring, fun. 18 inches do D3 mortal wounds isn't interesting. Being able to tee off D three mortal wounds in any phase, suddenly interesting, right? Like, yeah. So, I, I don't want to hammer on this. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I think that the miscast rules are interesting because you need to actually prioritize your spells even more than before, right? Instead of prioritizing your spells to draw up the spell scroll or you know the spell roll, I should say, right? You're, you're gambling you with to... magic, like you're. you're yep. But that, to me, is like exactly what you should be doing lore-wise. And I think it makes it more interesting because it just... It, I don't know. To me, no, that's I, a lot I, more I, interesting. I, 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 respect, I respect it. No, I respect your opinion, man. I, I do. Um, 
I, I felt like baiting out people's unbinds and stuff was fun, though. Like, I liked the poker game mm-hmm. of it. I actually enjoyed the poker. And now you're adding roulette to my poker game, and I'm like, dude, like, get out. That I mean, that's <laughs> that's kind of my take. I liked the poker mm-hmm. game. Some people didn't like the poker game. They want, you know, it's just, um, it's one of those things where, like, we're not wrong. We just have different opinions. Sometimes yeah. you can have the wrong opinion. Like, if you're an anti-vaxxer, <laughs> then you're just wrong. But, like, sometimes you just have different opinions. This is one of those, like, it's just a different opinion. We have two different priorities for, like, what we yeah. want out of it. And, um, and, uh, it is the ultimate opinion that we should have got a miscast table. <laughs> like I, and I, I'm perfectly fine with there being miscast. I just get irritated because I feel like they double whack you with it because you well, take you wounds. already take damage. You already yeah, you take, take damage, and you can't cast. I'm like, what the fuck? Really? Like, come on, guys. Yeah. So fun rules interaction. So when I uh, whack myself on a miscast chart as Nagash, and I uh, go for my mor- my invuln save, if I get a six, do I still bounce the mortal wound onto myself? I don't know. <laughs> Everyone knows what I'm talking about here. Uh, Nagash has a four up against mortals, and uh, when he when he rolls a six on that save, he bounces it back. So I miscast, um, uh, and D three mortals myself, and then I roll, you know, like you know, two, and I get a six on one of them and a, like a four on the other. On the six, does he still take the mortal because he just like beat, or does it bounce at the target I was trying to cast the spell on to begin with? Huh? I like it, the sound it, effect. I just appreciate it, the sound effect. It, it bounces to the actual winds of magic. Yeah, wow. the, the winds of magic take damage. I was uh, I actually did that with we we had a game where uh where Haywo and I were tracking uh, the amount of mortals I put on uh I put on like uh I think it was Geminids. Um because you know, they were just we were just playing um going this is a this is a long reset. This is a long long bomb reset, but you were talking about earlier like as you're learning this game as new players, you don't throw all the rules at a new player anyway, in any sense. You no. you you layer in the rules. You're gonna mm-hmm. focus on learning movement and deployment, and then you're gonna learn yep. combat, and then you're gonna you're gonna layer in these rules too. So like that that was a little bit of something to your rules bloat thing that I think was is important to talk about when we talk about new players learning it. So anyway, mm-hmm. um yeah, uh miscast, uh I'm fine with miscasts. I don't like the implementation here. Um oh, cool. And Arcane Bolt, it's it got kind of worse, situationally better, but it is better. It's it, this is mm-hmm. a, this is more fun. Uh, Mystic Shield, straight buff. Yeah, straight straight better, especially on Nagash because uh, you can give the middle finger to Ren by just queuing up. Oh, what's your, what's the highest Ren thing in your army? Cool, that's how many Mystic Shields I cast. And then, by the way, this is how many like chain gun blasts I like queue up. Nagash is like pure fun zone. He is just the he is a like the maximum like magic user Timmy. Like he is pure <laughs> like magic Timmy. It's just the most fun you could have with magic. Yeah, Teclus is over there like doing stuff, but it's not like fun. It's just like yeah, I, I do this and I do four things. Woo! Gives a crap, buddy. I'm over here just like turt, like cha- I'm basically like Bono in Ethiopia in, in the South Park episode, just like yeah, 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 yeah. Like walk, it's so much fun. <laughs> uh, like, like Staliarch Lords Nagash is is you if you own Nagash and you own Osiric Bone Reapers, I implore you to once this edition just learn to love the bomb. You know, stop stop worrying and learn to love it. Play Staliarch Lords Nagash. 
you will thank me later. It's going to be the most fun you have as YOLO Solo Day Gash, probably this edition. Like, you're queuing up, like, probably about six of these, right? Because you're going to get your Mystic Shield on, and then you're just running and charging, and then retreat charging over somebody, just like, detonating the bomb. Like, oh, so much fun. So, sorry. All right. <laughs> No, you need to take a, a 40k orc rocket and have Nagash riding it while waving his massive hat over his head. It'd be perfect. It'd be a great conversion. Br- Bryce is supposed to be making actual Nagash, like N-E-I-G-H, like Gash, where he's like, uh, like, like a centaur or something. And I hear centaurs are in right now, and I'm, I'm hoping he can get They're that They're so hot. Oh. <laughs> uh, Oh, I'll run the horses with Nay Gash right on. Um, gonna play two frogs and a dwarf YOLO list. <laughs> oh, Dreamer, thanks by the way for the uh, for the tier one sub. Seven years of support. Thank you so much, my friend. Um, uh, endless spells. Uh, big change to endless spells is you cast it and you get to have the fun with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Like the notion of like wild endless spells and stuff like that. Like. This is good. Great. Great. Love it. We should theoretically see more. I, all the endless spells went up and costs across the table. Mm-hmm. Or across the game. Um, I hope we see more endless spells anyway. Um, Games Workshop, Osiric Bone Reapers is calling again, however. Basically, everybody has bound endless spells. And, uh, yo, we get penalized. So, maybe take the minus one to cast out of there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, removing endless spells, so on and so forth. Predatory endless spells. This is basically when it's not controlled, it goes wild, so on and so forth. Priests. Okay, so I'm told priests got nerfed. Somebody contextualize this for me. They can only pray the one. They can only pray uh, their prayer once. Okay. So like, you can't like blood boil all over the place. You can't bronze flesh all over the place. You can't throw the rune lord, ren buff all over the place. How does this interact with your war scroll? Uh, prayers. Uh, I th- so I, I'm sure it's still taking it errata, but I think they can do the other ones, but they can only do one of the ones each time. Okay. Is it only pray one max? I thought it was one max per prayer. Vanilla sauce. I don't have any priests, so I'd have to like double de- double check on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I don't play with these lame versions of spellcasters. Uh... <laughs> Arcane casting all the way, divine casting unless it's specifically a paladin. Tuh. That's what I say. Unless <laughs> <laughs> it's specifically a paladin. Uh, yeah. uh, one one quick thing I did want to touch on endless spells though is now everybody can move across them, right? That's yep. a big one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving through, they're not blocking. This is just again quality of life. It's how it always should have been. Um, right. Absolutely. Unless it is an endless spell specifically made, this is one of those changes that makes the thing that interacts with that more fun too, because now your thing that says it inhibits movement actually inhibits movement because just a endless spell sitting there before got to do that for free. And when your whole thing was to be the endless spell that stopped people from moving, it was a feels bad. Was it not? So. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Vanilla Sash just pointed out a uh, very first thing it says, uh, they can only chant one prayer. They know. So priests only get one prayer. Boo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. they probably had to rein it in. I mean, it, people were looking at DOK, the DOK book at the end of second edition going, you know, like the, the sky was indeed falling that they could just like queue up a billion prayers. Um, 
I mean, they probably went too far too far the other direction now, though, right? I, I'm sorry, Corn. Find your local Daughter of Cain player and punch but, them. But I don't here, know what to tell you. But here's <laughs> the thing: is like Corn can write in the exceptions. Like Blood Boil can just say you can do this prayer. It can have the arcane bolt text. Yeah, I, I hope I hope that actually ties into Corn's like allegiance, where they're like you can pray as many times yeah. as you have prayers available. Yeah, and again, so like if this is a this as a core rule, and you can write the exceptions in people's battle tomes and allegiance abilities. So Corn might not be dead on arrival. Like again, we don't know everything. So, um, Maf, didn't you play Nagash, who was also a priest? I mean, he was like canonically like a priest of death, but then he saw how wussy divine magic was, and he mastered arcane magic. Duh. <laughs> invented an entire school of arcane magic that's how badass he was um that's how badass yeah this guy was right here this nagash the clown one <laughs> i could certainly bludgeon a like a burglar with this this thing is is hefty for those of you in pure audio i just held up the uh the old like clown nagash from which is way bigger than you would think He's huge, especially compared to the models at the time. Like, dragons were about as tall as him. Yeah. Did, were, were priests able to dispel endless spells in the previous edition? No, that's a new one, too. Yeah. I thought. So that's cool. That's a, that's a nice extra use for a priest as well. Yeah, uh, and then other no, priests can no, try to ban his inv invocations. No. Uh, so, first off, Dreamer, uh, don't slander my boy. Um, he didn't get his ass handed to him by a shiny elf. He beat the nerd out of a lame elf, and then the Gam Queen showed up and fucked him up. So, uh, there was a tag team bout, two gods versus one, because elves have to cheat and they're lame. Uh, and he still got what he wanted in the end because it was all part of his plan. He, uh, he planned this. He needed a vacation. <laughs> yeah. Look, Nagash got put... Nagash got put down by laser beams of friendship, not techless. <laughs> yeah, not techless. Come on. Let, get your get your propaganda right. <laughs> friendship is magic. That's what I hear. Oh, I love my little puppy. Yeah. Uh, Mef confirmed brony. What? Brony. Yeah. <laughs> um, who want, uh, also, for the people who want to dispel, make sure you double take on the heroic willpower ability. It only allows dispel in your own hero phase. So, um, the, um, can we, can wizards dispel, uh, prayer, uh, what are prayers called now? Invocations? No. Invocations? Nope. So they get nope. to dispel our thing, but we can't dispel theirs? Lame. Right. But we get to, the uh, priests get to dispel endless spells now. Right? Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mef has been spotted wearing rainbow dash ears and mane. Brony confirmed. I mean, this is this is true. All right. Do you want to go down rabbit hole 432? Sure. Sure. All right. This is completely random. But you mentioned it. All right? My bad. So way back, way back in the you know, early 80s, late 70s, I don't remember, My Little Pony had a contest to design a new My Little Pony. Right? And they put it on the back, and you're just supposed to make up a My Little Pony, and then you sent it and Hasbro would go through all the different submissions and they would pick somebody, right? Well, my sister got picked and Hasbro called my mom, said, hey, we want to put pictures of your daughter on every package. 
say, this is the little girl who designed the new My Little Pony. And my mom said, no, you're not going to put pictures of My Little Girl on all the packages of this new My Little Pony. And the Hasbro said, well, if we can't put a picture on it, we'll give you one. My mom was like, okay. So Hasbro sent my mom one My Little Pony. Guess what My Little Pony my sister designed? Uh, was it Rainbow Dash? Or not? It wouldn't yes. have been Rainbow Dash at the time. Rainbow. Rainbow was my sister's idea. Your sister's radical And as she hell. got one My Little Oof. Pony. Does she still have it? No. Oh, brutal. One. Rough. That's like, rough. I, yeah. Million dollar idea there, I swear. Because my mom wouldn't let a picture, which is, you know, reasonable. My mom didn't want her picture on every package and across the it's, it's U.S. Total change in, in, like, parenting, by the way, between generations mm-hmm. here. Every In the TikTok era where parents are, like, dancing on their kids' the TikTok TikToks era. Or... That just sounds like a dirty word. I'm like, I can't even. My, my bad. Uh, it's, they, <laughs> no, it's, it's their word. They yeah, don't yeah, get that. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> like, every parent yep. would basically be like, oh, yeah. Oh. Like instantly, you know, like yeah. not every, most, I think, in yeah. again, in the social media TikTok. Yep. It, it's so weird how, how the times have changed, right? As Bob yep. Dylan said, the times are, they are a change in. Uh, your mom did not have vision. <laughs> you did not know <laughs> that bronies would like start hate wa- or start out like ironically watching this show that they thought was going to suck. And then they're like, this is actually pretty good. And accidentally, like, like just rocket it into like mainstream success yeah true story total true story um i was there i remember the like uh, at the time was 4chan i remember the 4chan about like how much this thing was gonna suck and how it would be a cool joke to watch it all and i'm like i what's the joke what's what's the joke and like if you think it sucks i'm like i don't get the joke so i like i missed it but then fast forward several years i have like a daughter and she like she watches My Little Pony, and I'm like sitting there, I'm like, this is dope, yo. <laughs> like, I love kids. Like, having kids gives you, like, the excuse to get away with, like, so you're already a nerd, but when you're yep. a parent, you get to be a turbo nerd. Yeah. Because you get to be all their nerd, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, on that on that rabbit hole, I just want to show you, this is what my daughter made for me for Father's Day. Can you see that? <laughs> nice. That's pretty metal. Yeah. I mean, we printed it, or her grandma printed it out, but she colored it and everything. And she was like, I made you a prowler. And I was like, that is awesome. (laughs) Uh, Invocations. uh, They talk about invocations and banishing them. Uh, The thing about invocations is they still naturally desummon themselves, right? So um, removing them if it's banished, if it touches the edge. So on and so forth. Monsters, this is the juicy stuff, right? This is what you're here for. Yeah. Who wants to take it? I mean, Monsters Rampage is pretty sweet. All right. You got it. it it. Yeah, nailed it. Um, Nailed it. You want to have, like, all the monsters in your army, but you can only use four of these total, right? So more than four is going to be a little less cool. But Also, um, your monsters give up uh, uh, battle points when they die now, so... mm -hmm. In in the Gur thing, but that's... I guess that's... Yeah, at least for this battle pack. (laughs) Yep. Right. All right. Um, but it just it adds a lot of flexibility and a lot of choices um, that you can add to your monsters, which is something that they've kind of been begging for, especially with the reducible uh, combat profile, right? Like none of these things are reducible. Doesn't matter. Have one wound, four wound, whatever, right? They stay. Relevant. Um, 
Yeah, plus Smashed Rubble is just a super fun ability that I'm looking forward to happening over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, um, one thing I want to point out on this that uh, <laughs> that I like my Gatebreaker more for, uh, if it it doesn't lose the keywords now. Like, so if you smash the terrain with Smashed Rubble, it doesn't lose the keywords. So, like, if you smashed a Wildwood, uh-huh. it would still have the Awakened Wildwood keyword, so Sylvaneth could still teleport to it. If a Gatebreaker mm-hmm. wrecks it, it loses all the keywords and becomes Rubble. Yeah. It's just, I mean... I understand that it may be a Pyrrhic victory. It's still a victory. Sure, right? yeah. In some games, you can just be like, at least I destroyed your terrain. Well, like, right. Bone Tithe Nexuses will be the ones, like, I, I want I want LLV or or, or, or uh, JP to track the terrain destroyed. Um, mm-hmm. And I guarantee Bone Tithe Nexus will be the number one most destroyed terrain feature. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's how it's deployed. Like, it, it's, it ha- pretty much has to be deployed near the center of the table destroyed them it's the easiest to get to it's the biggest footprint it's just going to be destroyed the most mm. like period hot hot yeah. hot hot prediction there um yeah so uh just asking cl- some clarifying questions there to to uh Wallord joel he says monsters are worse in this new edition in my opinion unless you're a hero monster so i think i think hero monsters are clearly great but hero monsters were like Always already great, great. Yeah. so i'm i'm curious how monsters fare worse now when monsters before were already kind of meh, like straight monsters in a previous edition. They're very likely to give up more points than they help you get. All right, that's a, that's a fair qualification. That's a fair, um, and all their points went up too much. Like, I, I think that, okay, that's a, that is a, a fair call. That's a fair take. Um, I, I'll see, like, uh, we'll wait and see type thing is where I'm at. Um, I think hero monsters are certainly great. Um, they do two things for free now, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's that's pure that's pure obvious value, plus all the other stuff you wanted your heroes doing anyway. Um, you know, command abilities and uh, theoretically some scoring and stuff. So, yeah, um, we'll see. Um, points are points, though. I mean, points can go back down. It's. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not too worried about some of the stuff that specifically people are griping about with point costs right now. We have to completely reestablish for zero at this point. Or solve for one, as it were. Like, we completely need to solve for one all over again. Um, We don't have that right now. We understood before, you know, what the bit of a misnomer, liberators are 100 points, blah 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 Um, We don't have that figured out yet. We need to, re- re- we need to reestablish that. And then from there, we can tinker with it. I liked Vince's take from, like, like years ago where he said, like, basically all of Age of Sigmar needs to go up 20 points and then they need to, like, or not 20 points, 20%, and then figure out balance from there because then they have more wiggle room up and down and you're not always racing to the bottom. And he had a very, you know, eloquent way of saying it better than me. Um, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing is we're seeing this sort of, like, they're in the guts of AOS now. Um, I think they correctly identified a good trend. Um I I know some people are going to lament, you know, they're not running 200 models anymore. Uh, I, I, like, you wanted to run 200 models, but conceivably their prep, you know, maybe that's where old old the old world comes in. That's your 200 model game. Like, I I don't know. Um, I, I kind of got tired of running over 100 models personally, so I'm okay with the game becoming a little bit more elite. I mean, that was my whole appeal for Osir Bone Reapers is, like, I'm getting to play the army I love, but, like, 
more focused, cool. Um, I don't mind this. I think when you when you kind of like scale down the sheer volume of stuff, you can focus in on what's important for on a more model to model, unit to unit basis, and I think that that's true. So they can easily look at the monster points at the end of this all and be like, hey, these non-hero monsters suck. Let's lower those points a little bit. Um, hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully, War Scroll rewrites for for Gorgon and and uh, and uh, Sigor and some of those ones that just don't have good War Scrolls, right? <laughs> Uh, they're very likely to give more points. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Archeon and Marathi are mega busted now, <laughs> but everyone. Can well, see that. yeah, Mar- Marathi needs some points adjustments, but yeah. And uh, let's see, telling us what a war scroll looks like. I, I don't think we're too worried about this. Characters, they what a save of nil is. They tell us it's a like a, it's a seven now, right? Um, random range. What to do with that? descriptors anything i'm, I'm kind of trying to close out here quicker uh, so i'm going to go into fast skim mode uh anything with this um well the mounts companions and crew right that's not really new um but the the new thing is actually in the cruel boys where they have the pot grot and the, the little stab grot right like yeah. they count as uh mounts if i'm not mistaken right they're starting to add some in some new design elements into this, which is because of the companions, right? Yeah. So companions are a new thing. Sorry, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, there um, you go. And that's a super cool little addition that we get to add just cool little characters that are just going to wander around with other ones, right? Right. And that's an awesome addition. Hopefully they don't nerf Nagash again by saying his spooky ghosts are companions and not his mount. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but if it's companions, then maybe it gets used as magic items too. We'll see. Yeah, who knows? Um, oh no, companions are are treated oh, as yeah. mounts. Yeah, you're right. Oh, are they? Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. All right, then we're fine. Never mind. Crisis averted. Uh, they ride the pot rod. Uh, faction terrain, endless spells and invocations, war scrolls. You know, just how to read this stuff. What what in? You know, this is the the logistical, the dry stuff. Pitch pitch battle profiles. Um, yeah, telling us how to read that. Yep. Uh, just in general, uh, unit, understrength units, reinforced. This is just language and mm-hmm. design elements we're going to have to get used to. Uh, really important to note if you are coming in from 2.0, unit sizes. Pay attention to your unit sizes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a worthy portion of those have changed for many armies. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's that has to do with like just how the footprints of these armies are going to look on the table. Uh, points, values... Battlefield rolls, notes, unique versus single, important distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, allies, yep. Battalions, okay. Battalions, this is this is we 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 uh we're in the future here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I this is probably next to pile uh pile in. This is probably my favorite change of three I. When I first started playing uh, AOS, it was AOS 1, uh, I was basically playing, like, Haywo's extra models while I, like, collected my, like, Grand Alliance Death Army, right? Um, and I was playing, like, Skyborne Slayers mm-hmm. was one of his uh, one, of, one of his armies uh, that I would play. Um, so I was playing, like, Skyborne Slayers, and, like, I, this is an awesome battalion at the time. And uh, 
Was it a battalion or was it a... Yeah, it was a battalion. Um, with Star Soul Maces and stuff. And then I got, like, my Legions of Nagash Battle Tome. And its battalions were nothing like that. And I was keyed in early on in just this massive disparity between battalions in one's army versus another and across the entire game. Some armies were utterly made by battalions. Some armies never even got to talk about battalions. And then this other sort of weirder thing started to happen in 2.0, where you would even just cover up, for the most part, what a battalion ability even was. And you just cared about what was in it, and the fact that it gave you an extra command point and an artifact. And this was the reality for the vast majority of armies. Now, some armies got, like, a cool ability, too. But it was like, how much does it cost? Can I fit in it with the units I want to run? And then, do I get to have awesome drops because, you know, you're chain shows and you get to basically just keep cheating? Um, like, they're, they're just a bunch of stuff like that. Where, like, I just noticed this is, like, vast disparity between battalions. Now, it's going to be painful because I do, like... The but like I I, I I am beholden to the battalions in my books. I love Death March, um, even though I it's it was always weird to me how super specific Death March was. It is specifically one unit of this, one unit of this, one unit. Like other battalions get like zero to one, one to two. You know, I'm like, why do I have to take this specific shit? It meant my army looked every Death March army looks basically the same as everybody else's, right? I kind of hated. I know that's kind of the point of the battalions, but it also felt a little weird that like. Some of these other ones got flexibility and you didn't. So it was just this observation that I had was like drop manipulation, CP artifact, and how easily could you get into it. And then as an afterthought, sometimes you got a cool ability. And uh, what I... Them moving the Battletome battalions into sort of... Or rather out of match play makes an awful lot of sense when I consider that observation I've had basically since I started playing this game. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for a couple armies out there who were made relevant by their battalions. Hopefully something happens to change to where you still get to feel relevant in a different way. But having battalions as a commoditized known factor that you can look at and go, this is the battalions everybody gets. They all do this stuff. It, it just makes it so much easier from an internal and an external parity level across the entire game that it, it just it makes so much sense to do. Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully, again, some of these armies that needed their battalion to function, they get some nod. Or they go on to find out that after they're a little bit upset that they lost their favorite like pet battalion, that these ones functionally step in pretty pretty cleanly to do what you wanted to do. I think I prefaced that. I probably hammered that home a little too much, actually. Um, <laughs> Meh. I, I love this. I love that the one-drop deployment battalion, that is its shtick. Mm -hmm. like, it's all it does. That's what it does. Because they mm -hmm. finally identified that being one-drop is the powerful ability. <laughs> but with that, it's not like it's not like it was before where you could piecemeal it out. It is one drop. Yes. Yep. Even better. Yes. Right. You don't get to watch me get deploy and then like, okay, now, oh, wait, how many drops are you? Like they show up to the table and they're like, how many drops are you? I'd be like five and they're like, okay, four. You know, and then they just fucking start mm -hmm. doing 
like it, right. it it takes some of the pressure off of the um like the double turn as well by the way because the the decision on that begins at deployment that you could sort of piecemeal out and like nickel dime deployments and then also make the decision on the on the uh thing like it's like there's an actual trade off for being one drop now in that you give me perfect information and then you go on to make the priority role decision, right? Like, I like that. I like that a lot more. In fact, it was one of the suggestions that I think Halo and I made on our, like, one of our yearly recap shows that we do around New Year's. Um, so, I mean, that's just, it's awesome. Uh, the other thing to note is, like, so here are your six core battalions, right? These are the six core battalions. These are the battalions everybody has. They're free. <laughs> like, you just... Yep. Um, and in many cases, you'll find that armies that just took a battalion to get their drops down, their points cost stayed relatively similar to what they were before. All your units went up, but you're not buying an obligatory battalion to get to four drops or whatever. Um, so you actually kind of balance out, you'll find, many, many armies that I've, I've seen. Um, one thing to note about this grid is, like, you can see that the sort of dark-shaded stuff is what you must take, and the gray stuff is sort of like the, the top end, so you can have more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one quick one I want to point out uh, so I know this has caught a lot of people when they were building stuff uh, when you look at your unit icons monster is not monster right so monster is a behemoth that is not a leader it is not the monster keyword because I know that was a lot of people weren't paying attention and were getting caught up with that yeah monster equals not monster there you go very important yeah um, yeah I like this yeah how, how like uh, how am I going to Grand Battery and Osiarch Bone Reapers list? Yeah, you damn right. I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> like, uh, I I like it. Um, and then they each get their little like icons. So, uh, Warlord gets both of these abilities. Battle Regiment gets this. Blah blah. blah. And these are cool little levers down the line. We they have this co- codified. Later on, they can add cooler, newer, different types of core battalions, or you know, and GHB can add one in and. You know, they you know, they can do some stuff. Um, note that command entourage must choose one or the other, doesn't get both. So um yeah. And then they just they do different stuff. The one drop battalion does the one drop thing. You know, a lot of these abilities are once per battle, you do one cool thing. But again, the advantage of being a battalion is just it's it's always been kind of in the drops and getting extra stuff. And that's still very much intact. Mitigating your mm-hmm. drops and then now you get enhancements as they're called. Well, on this note, guys, it's been fun, but uh, it is almost 1 a.m. here, and I do have to work tomorrow. So I'm going to I'm gonna call it. Yeah, peace uh, out, man. But thanks thanks, thanks was, for having thanks, me thanks. on. Yeah. Thanks for finally uh, hopping on the show. And by finally, I make it sound like it was you and not me scheduling you. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for finally allowing me to, like, allow you on the show or whatever. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night. Um, hey. And then, uh, yeah, allegiant abilities, allied units, battle traits, sub-factions, and enhancements. I like that we've codified that sub-factions are a thing now, mm-hmm. right? Um, enhancements now. Uh, do you want to you, you kind of want to give people, like, the once-over the allegiance ability stuff? So, um, basically, what we're talking about, right, the allied units, one in four units in your army can be allies, basically, as normal, right? So... It's really, again, codifying 
all the different things. Like you're talking about subfactions, they're a thing now. We're recognizing that these are the things that we have to describe what's going to happen. The battle traits for your faction will tell you how or if you can pick a subfaction for your army, right? So we're codifying all this language, so it's very clear. So you can ask your your, your opponent, right? All right. So what's your subfaction? What are the battle traits, right? Like it it makes more sense in your head for what's happening, right? And then we get to enhancements where we've got the command traits, artifacts of power, spell lores, prayer scriptures, mount traits, triumphs, and one or more set of unique enhancements. Again, we're codifying that language. We're delineating exactly what all these things are and just a lot easier to understand. So what I feel like this rule set is doing is they're breaking down the lore into categories and then it's making it instead of saying, all right, well, I, I need to know what is this specific term for this specific army book for the thing that are spells? All right, no, you just tell me what these things are, and it makes it a lot easier to understand a rule book or an army list at a glance, right? right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's just cool. Yeah, this sort of stuff is just going to kind of pay dividends down the line. Uh, one, one note about triumphs. Now you sort of like pick your triumph, and then if you get it, then you get to mm -hmm. use that triumph. Um, I'm not yeah. certain how this interacts with KO right now. Um, yeah, we don't know. So don't it'll work. Know. Yeah, it'll work. It'll be probably be a day one drop. So yeah. Um, and then again, we've got the universal command traits, artifacts of power, spell lore. There's, it's just cool, right? Like uh, again, it makes it clear so we have a better understanding of what's going to happen. I'm sure we're going to get more of this interesting stuff in the battle tomes. That'll make it a little bit more unique and characterful for your army to be able to do that, mm -hmm. um, which is super cool as I, well. I, I like, do like the addition of a universal spell lore. I think this is mm -hmm. this is nice. Um, so, like, everyone can, you know, tap into that if need be. Um, yeah. Universal it, triumphs. Go on. I, again, just more and more tools for your army to allow you to be able to customize more. And, you know, it, it's just cool. That's pretty much all I have. Uh, this is something where I think it'll be cool because it allows you to do interesting things. But this is something where I'm like, okay, I could see this being considered rules bloat. But we had this in the last edition, right? Because you look at this and they're like, oh, this isn't strictly necessary to put in the core rules. But we had this before. We have it again. And it allows the writers to set where we are right now, mm -hmm. right? And maybe adds more more to that as we move the narrative forward or move the the game well, forward. Yeah, they're giving themselves. And, go ahead. Go. Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean they're giving themselves like a way to like actually in like inject a malign, uh, or sorry, uh, like uh, yeah, like a malign sorcery stuff down the line if need be, because mm -hmm. that that book can just say it can now just reference, uh, you know, add these to the universal prayer scriptures uh, you see on you know you know, 24, 27, Like they've, yep. they've enabled themselves to do this way more cleanly and concisely going forward mm -hmm. um, with something that they were already kind of doing. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to like oversell 3.0, but I really do. I really don't think that they made any decision lightly with this. Mm -hmm. I, I do think they really did kind of open up the hood of the game and go in. Now there might yeah, we might need like 10 FAQs out the gates whatever. Like there's some mm -hmm. stuff that isn't answered yet, fine. Like yeah. but I mean just the, one of the only real metrics one can measure themselves from is 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 not 
you know, you can never know what is perfect and what is 100% the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can only really know measure it as relevant relative to where you were. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I better or worse now than I was before? This is very common in how we, you know, look at our lives, how we look at anything. And games aren't mm-hmm. too too dissimilar. In fact, I see the world through like a lens of games and stories. That's how I, I view the world. So it makes this point pretty pertinent, I think. Like, mm-hmm. is this better than what we had before? I think is one of the main major questions you can ask yourself in, in terms mm-hmm. of a holistic rules. I say yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I would posit yes. Um, uh, uh, Sword of Judgment did nothing wrong. Fucking nothing. Uh, <laughs> I, it is a crime against great artifacts that it is not. They did not appease me specifically and put it mm-hmm. back in here. Like uh, I'm upset. <laughs> it should be a universal artifact of power right there. They should go out of uh, alphabetical order here and just like it's the first one. Uh, but besides that, that slight against me uh, personally, um, mm-hmm. I think they're not. <laughs> overall better place right yeah so i do like that you go ahead what i'm hoping is going to happen is when we get the day one faq the day one errata right Mm -hmm. it's going to have these numbers right if they've decided that they need to add something to army selection it's going to be 28.1.2 28.1.3 right like it's actually going to be a thing that we can go in or 28.2.3 has now changed to say this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot more understandable exactly where everything goes. Not going to have to like the fourth page, fourth paragraph of the third page of the, you know, I like that. I like that a lot. It's going to be a little bit cleaner and a lot, like I said, a lot more understandable. Right on. Right on. Um, yeah. And then universal triumphs. I actually kind of like this from an identity standpoint. You pick your army's triumph. You're like, mm-hmm. the, like, my army is bloodthirsty. Mm-hmm. So whenever you trigger the, like, opportunity to get a triumph because you have fewer points, you know, spent than the other person, you're going to always get bloodthirsty as your triumph. Mm-hmm. By the way, that shortens up the game just a little bit. Yeah. So you always know what your triumph is. Like, just a, well, a lot bit. of, yeah, a lot of these rules shorten up the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's what the delineation does. And I, I think that's great. Uh, again, KO, uh, like Osiric Bone Reapers, where like, I'm like, okay, yo, uh, everyone got soulbound spells, and like the way everyone's getting a bunch of extra command abilities, and like you're kind of doing my thing, I hope you do something for us, blah, blah, blah. KO can feel the same about Triumphs. I think KO players, mm-hmm. you're, you're in your right to, to feel that way about Triumphs. Uh, hopefully, there's, again, like just a Day Zero blurb or, uh, you know, a white dwarf that just any, you know, something, there's a lot of ways for, for you to feel awesome again. I think. Yeah. So the the thing that the only thing that makes these rules feel awkward is that we did just get new rules for a lot of this stuff, right? Like triumphs. We just got triumphs in uh was it Kragnos or was it um Bellicor? We just got new triumphs for KO mm-hmm. another time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which I think we probably have to attribute to the way that the the, the distribution rollout. network yeah, yeah yeah whatever happened I think it was a combination of of by the way I, I don't think it's all COVID I think it was a combination of COVID Brexit uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tencent and uh, and Indominus exceeding projections like I, yeah. I just there was there a bunch of stuff happened and we got to kind of accept that like hey yeah we we got a weird accelerated time period. You know, I'm I'm giving people 
the benefit of the doubt for all of 2020 if they were kind of cross or shit with me. I'm like, yeah. yo, man, it was unreasonable. Uh, now, companies are not people. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'm giving Games Workshop the benefit of the doubt because it's a company I like and I want to continue playing the game that I like. So Absolutely. Maybe I'm being a bit of a shill here. but um, Well... I think companies are, you're absolutely right. Companies are not people, but people work for those companies. Sure. And we still need to be respectful for those people. Yeah. Right. No, you're not right. The people are not the companies. Just as the companies are not people, those people who work for the company are not companies. Yeah. They are people. Fair enough. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Cuts both ways. That's all. Uh, assuming the book is uh, on valid publications list, I would assume they stay too. So more focus on KO specific triumphs for KO. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, um I mean again, I I don't I don't see anyone truly hurting and maybe I'm misunderstanding the KO players I played against, but I don't remember like the Triumphs truly pushing their army into like whether it's great or not. You know, I don't remember mm-hmm. it hinging on Triumphs. It was just kind of this other thing they did once like, or what, three times across the game because they just haven't yeah. made their good supply. Yeah, okay. Uh, rumor says yeah. Warclan-style book for Dwarden. Uh, legit? Cool. All right. I hope so. Yeah, I've heard that rumor. I've heard that rumor. Yeah, no, cool. Do that. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that rumor, too. Uh, mysterious terrain. Oh, yeah, so we got terrain. Um, <laughs> we got the condensed list again. <sighs> All right, which ones are in here? Uh, damned. In your hero phase. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that one's still fun. Kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlimited power. Uh, arcane. Yep. Uh, inspiring. Yep. yep. Deadly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> mm. Eh. It's not auto slain. That's nice. Bring back the deadliest deadly. <laughs> uh, mystical. Yep. Yeah. And- and Sinister, boo. Get rid of Sinister, put Commanding back. Oh, no. No, you want to put Commanding in this edition because you get so many fucking command points now. <laughs> yep. Um, battle. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, it just talks about the battle packs. Um, and basically, it just tells you how to read them, right? So, uh, a decent guide. Yeah, battle plans. There you go. Mm. Um, I like that they have a more appropriate grid now like four mm-hmm. quadrants each with four quadrants and it's it's almost getting equidistant so it just feels a little bit more digestible uh and then our rules index so you can look up your shit oh yeah in, in the in the regular book the rules index is back here do you want to see yeah what i think is so there's just a cool little peek here this is right after the rules so this is uh ben johnson sons of Bayamont army and this is something to look forward to when you get your own book, is that they actually have quite a number of pretty awesome full army displays mm-hmm. that are done by the actual studio. So, like, that's one of my favorite things. The art in here is fantastic. Well, it's right. It's it's, it's it's it seems like it's actually like a labor of love, right? Yes, You're, they're putting their own things that they're passionate in there and showing them off and stuff. Well, well, that's not even just. I'm not talking about just the models here, right? Uh-huh. Um, I'm talking about the artwork itself. There's just some absolutely incredible artwork. I I did make the comment earlier that I was like, I was hoping the artwork was going to be a little bit better 
in Broken Realms than what we got. But I tell you, I'm not disappointed by the artwork in here. So fair enough. Um, super yeah, cool. But yeah, yeah. Th that that's fair, Oi Boy. Uh, that that's fair. Roll uh, the reroll saves was like really important for chaos survivability. You're you're not wrong because they had that four up, four up mm -hmm. goes to four up rerollable, right? Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, so the go ahead. Sorry, I, I no, I was just acknowledging. Go on. So the only thing that I will say, right? You got that PDF. The rules index is there, right? Mm -hmm. Super cool. But in the book, right? This is how much you have to look through to get to the rules index. Because the rules end 285. It's like a the rules range. index starts at 356. <laughs> Not quite as easy to flip back. You have the PDF. Yeah. But you know, I like the the physical books. And that's the only thing that I'm like, I, I wish they would have put the core rules at the end so uh -huh. that they would be right next to the index. But yeah, that's... Uh, it's, it's still okay. So oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Vanilli but, Sauce, did they put Path to Glory there? <laughs> uh, they put open play and they did put in narrative play. So yeah, Path to Glory is towards the end. So Amazing. Fantastic. At this point, it's like, uh, it's like bad dice. Um, <laughs> like... It, like putting Path to Glory in the middle of the like it, where yes. it just feels like it doesn't yeah. belong. It's like it's endearingly, it's mm -hmm. endearing. Like I yeah. like, never changed GW. At this point, you got to own this. You know that it's wrong, and so now you're yep. doing it deliberately. So own it and like yeah. be humorous with it. Just like with the dice, the greatest mistake they made with like their dice isn't that they made horrible dice. It's uh -huh. that they started making good ones. Yeah, they made good ones. They were like, yeah. <laughs> no, unacceptable. Look at the difference between my, my fucking uh, uh, Osiarch Bone Reaper dice and my Soulblight Gravelord dice or my uh, Slanesh dice. Night yeah. and day. Just like, I'm actually mad that the Soulblight and the Slanesh dice are good. I'm mad. Like, I'm like... <laughs> like, how could you not have made that, like, cool, like, more ridiculous? And like, yeah. Yeah. I wanted, yeah. I wanted my, uh, I wanted my Soulblight dice to actually bleed when I rolled them. You know, like, <laughs> can we just leave little red marks? Maybe I can fill them up with ink before every game. Or... They just leave little marks across the table. Yeah, it's just across the table. Yeah, they're like little ink blotters. You know, like they have the little stamper. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, wait, they're interrupting Path of Glory for, with something else not relevant. Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Random studio photo photo breaker right in the middle. <laughs> Bro, have you seen the LR? Which one? They have two different ones. They have the little like pylon ones, which I approve of because they're horrible. And uh, then they have like those like good yellow ones that are like yellow, and then they have like a one and then like a symbol on the yeah. on the six. Disgustingly normal. <laughs> um, I mean, sorry. here's the thing, right? They hit squig dice, and everything has to be downhill from it, there. Squig I dice mean, were the best. I mean that's I mean that's exactly it. I mean that's exactly <laughs> it. They they peaked they peaked at squig dice and mm -hmm. they uh they got cowardly at the uh, the uh garg mega gargant dice could have been just one actual boulder. <laughs> like just one. Just they sell yep. one, no two, two. They're, they're charitable. <laughs> just two boulders. Yeah. They they're <laughs> like oblong and weirdly shaped and they're, you're just throwing literal rocks on the table. So mad. <laughs> yep. I mean, the, the squig dice are the pinnacle because they are not only dice, but they are also miniatures. Who says you can't field squig dice in your army? 
There was an awesome uh, army on parade that did that. They just used all the squig dice and as the random the squ- things as the squigs. Yeah. As the squigs. Yeah. 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 No, I. I. That's the thing. Is like I remember. I remember. Uh, I think I was still on the the TGA forums when the squig dice came out, and I remember yeah. people being like really mad at the squig dice because uh-huh. they bounced all over. And that was around the point in time where I'm like, the internet is crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like. <laughs> like I'm like, would I want to roll these in a game? Not not necessarily, but like the yeah. it's just the ridiculousness of like the this was the line in the sand. This was the <laughs> line yeah, for exactly. people. And again, like I, I do like to say, like, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a I wear myself pretty close to the surface, you know, I'm hard on the mm-hmm. sleeve sort. Um so I like I have a very sort of like emotional initial response and then I have to like check myself and and sort of regain my faculties so i get it i get the like the hot take culture and the like the negativity or positivity like going one way or another and then kind of having a more level-headed thought afterwards so like lean into that emotion by all means but these people who just like no this is the this one here these dice this is the worst decision games workshops ever made and i'm like yeah okay okay like i don't know man I guess if that's your line in the sand, that's your line in the I, sand, and there's oh, not much I can do oh, to fix it. But one does not read the squig dice. One, uh, you, yeah. you, you just you simply absorb the squig dice's will. See, they're gonna bounce all the fuck over, and yeah. the stuff that they knock over—that's the amount of wounds dealt. But here's the thing, right? You look at the squig dice, and apparently that's an acceptable thing. The way the squig dice look. Which is ludicrous. Yeah. It's acceptable. Horrible. But you know, it just like burns my butt. They don't bounce normal. Like, how did you look at those and think they were going to bounce normal? Oh, oh they're not the effective game, gaming aid that I thought they were going to be. At what point were you led to believe that these things would be an effective gaming aid? I don't understand. Like the Sylvaneth dice were made out of wood. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cheeky. You know, that's funny. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I actually love my malign, uh, my malign portents dice. I love them. <laughs> Jacob does too. Yeah, well, <laughs> good enough to eat. I don't know. There's, yeah. um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, like the greatest mistake they ever made with their dice was admitting that they could make good ones. That mm-hmm. I lost, like when because when you're it's bad on purpose, then it's it's kind of like a B movie, right? Like it's bad yep. on purpose, and you get to kind of like laugh along, and yeah, like, then you go out and make good dice. <sighs> Disgusting. Well, it. So here's the thing, right? They make terrain for factions mm-hmm. when they come up with a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't just make random terrain. You know, it's like, oh, I have to make terrain for this faction. Yeah. So therefore, I'm making terrain, even though I have a good idea for it, right? Mm-hmm. Everything makes sense, right? You, you listen to, you know, Ray Dranfield talk about the the pizza stuff, the pizza oven. Everybody calls it the pizza oven, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, this is actually a thing. In medieval times, they would actually go to the battlefield and they would build a forge before they fought the battle. This is, they always did. So it was very reasonable for me to think, yes, of course, the fire slayers who are smithing heavy would build a forge before the battle. It was like, oh, they they carry it from battle to battle. Well, you know, go ahead. Well, no, like, I mean, they literally pound a ruin into their forehead mid-combat. Like, they're Uh actually like, combat like, and like they and they do this in real time like of course they could throw yep. up a forge i mean it's, exactly it, it, it does look like a pizza oven 
but uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is, but when it comes to dice, they're like, I don't really have any idea. Make it yellow, and they make those. Yeah, right. Like, where is the wacky, cool, awesome? Like, well, no, this isn't cool enough to release. Yeah. At, at what point did we decide that that was a thing that we were get, we were going to do for dice? Well, yeah. Just... So, like, dice and coins are like just the the gaming aids that are assumed, right? Like you're going to mm-hmm. battle tome the dice. I'd imagine that they have a really good pipeline for getting to heck chess X. I can get dice made like the games workshop has to have a really good like pipeline for getting dice out. Right. Like they just have mm-hmm. to, because there it's a foregone conclusion that an army has dice. Yeah. And the turnover and the profit off of dice has to be really a really good margin too. Yeah. So if they can risk like these are yellow and then sell them to you. Right. Like that's, yeah. I mean that's again that's fine. It's it's dice. It's it's freaking dice. I've I have bought dice. One of the first ever things I bought from the game store was my own dice. Mm-hmm. I I sold uh, some base literal baseball cards for store credit to buy <laughs> my first set of dice, and I have never stopped since. Just buying stupid dice. It's mm-hmm. it, there's just something like as a gamer. Um, it's like we, we have all these like dice rolling apps now, and yep. um, like I just can't I I can't we're, we're, with our V five game our Vampire the Masquerade game they just released a mm-hmm. very good dice app like yep. a, a great dice app for V five, and I'm like, but I bought these like these forty dollar dice from like Denmark or something like that <laughs> because yep. they're the special type of red and black that have the vampire symbols on them. Yep. Like, I'm not going to not roll those. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Like, are you crazy? Uh, yeah. I went to, like, Gettysburg or something, and I got smelted metal dice. They're not normal, <laughs> right? Like, they don't roll evenly. But how do you not throw the smelted metal dice right. when you want to play a game, right? Yeah. You know? I, uh, yeah, I bought, uh, I bought a, I have a gold, uh, a gold, fake gold. They're not real gold. Uh, I have two gold dice that I bought for mm-hmm. Hand of Dust. Uh, so like I actually hide the golden die for hand of dust, like it's, yeah, it, like it's, I don't know, like dice are almost like at this point for me they become like more of like a a novelty and an expression thing. Like I the mm-hmm. dice I roll for the game, like I roll those based on like what like I can easily roll, and these other ones are just the bonus dice. Like yeah, I'll throw like the silly Osiric Bone Reaper die as like an unbind or something, or like one yeah. Inch. You know, one uh, D six run. You know, like I'll then I'll do it when it's goofy and it's. But yeah, I don't know. It, again, it was it just seemed like such a weird uh, issue to have. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I started to buy into it for a little bit, and then the squig dice happened. I'm like, oh, they literally don't care. <laughs> like, I'm like, like as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, they literally don't care. Like, that's why this happens. They thought it was cool. You yeah. know, like at some point, somebody was just like, well, this will be awesome. Yeah, but they're not going to roll normal. Yeah. yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, Dan exactly. Dan unsupervised did a uh like he did a like a little short video of like how these dice were um dispossessed Dan in a in a former life, I suppose. Uh he did a video on like the swig dice and how they were gonna damage models and then he rolled them against everything and then like it got to a Dewarden like Longbeard or something and it like bounced off the Dewarden. Like he it, like it was great. Like <laughs> yeah. every model got knocked over and smashed by the squig dice, like stopped the squig except... dice Bennett, except the Dewarden. <laughs> <laughs> Super narrative dice, love it. Yeah, squig dice still more usable than IDK dice. Agreed. I can read the squig dice, <laughs> <Yeah>. kinda. <laughs> like, 
I can kind of the, read the IDK dice if I studied them beforehand, and that's all that's used. You can't mix any other dice in there, because then your brain is like, this is what it's supposed to look like. This looks nothing like yeah. what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, they're like wavy fish, and like they're the trans the fact that they're transparent just killed yeah. me. And it was light tone on top of transparent. <laughs> and you're just like, ah! Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly certain that there's like a gamer hell. Where like you like you you get sent you get sent down to hell if you're a gamer yep. and like because you cheated too much or something at your games, and you're like you're sitting there and you're playing a game of like like Age of Sig whatever your favorite game was in life and like it's yep. time to roll your dice and you show up and you set out your dice and then anytime you go for dice it's just the IDK dice instead. You're like, no, no. It's like the Twilight Zone episode where you know finally enough time to read. <laughs> Like any steps on his glasses, it's that except yep. IDK dice. Um, one of our local tables was painted white, <laughs> like white. It's nice. It's, roll those dice. All right, man. Uh, any final soapboxes? Anything you want to put on blast? Uh, no, not really. I mean, go to our Discord. Uh, www.themortalrealms.com/slash/discord. Uh, we're giving away a whole thing of uh, Dominion, so get in on that. Um, but no, is is good. Awesome to be on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, th- you know, thanks for. Um, I mean, you and Dave. Like, I, I like, I, I, I had booked Dave and his friend, but they never got mm-hmm. back to me. Is what happened. So my brain ah. said, or not that they, I hadn't booked them. I had asked them to come on. So my brain said, hey, yep. that's taken care of. Yep. And then they never like responded. And then I'm like, wait a minute, do I have a guest tonight? And so you just you kind of saved my ass, honestly. I, I didn't know <laughs> what the fuck I was gonna do. Um, I was no gonna, so um, you know, come on, relax, cast, talk about mm-hmm. 3.0, kind of meander through it, but be entertaining besides. Because again, people are gonna. There are like a hundred 3.0 takes. You don't come to Mephisto yeah. for the for like the the rules schlog reading a book to you, unless it's ASMR. Yeah, then you do. Um, yeah, so, so, that'll take place later. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming on. I had a lot of fun. Um, I feel very optimistic about 3.0. I'm, uh, yeah. I, I don't. I'm not easy to optimism either. Like I'm, I'm a, I lean skeptical, cynical, most mm-hmm. in most walks of life. But I, I'm really digging this. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I, this might be the thing to put the wind back in my sails because after a, just basically two years of garbage and like. I'm ready. I'm ready to play games again. I'm ready to have fun. I'm ready to see yep. my friends. So. Oh, yeah. Going to ACO was definitely just like, yep, let's just, this is what it's like to like be around people you don't know and to walk into a conversation that you already started because you painted your model yeah. and, you know, just continue on. It was, it was such a relief That'd be awesome. for sure. That had to so, be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vanilla Sauce redeeming a thousand RDP to remind everyone that chat gang ain't nothing to fuck with. And Chat Gang, you are the show within the show. You're the reason we do this thing. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Remember to drink your milk, pay your taxes, and roll the most ridiculous dice you can find. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night.